What's the candy version of just bread? Croutons. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Kevin. I'm Jim. It's time for Video Games Hot Dog. Uh, you might notice two things. One, uh, that we haven't done an episode of Video Games Hot Dog in like a month, and for that I apologize. Two, we have a special guest, Jim Frog Fractions Crawford, with us again. That's my name. 33% more people makes up for less show over the last few days. I guess that's true. Months. Have you guys done anything other than cough and wheeze? I spent uh, I spent Halloween in Salem, Massachusetts. Ooh. Ooh. Did you get it witch child? I did. Did you a ghost? Uh, I I did not. I did not a ghost. Um, but I saw I saw a lot of uh, spooky things, so it was good. It was a it was a good trip. It was a it was a research mission for the novel that I'm writing about um, cemeteries and witches. Yeah, cemeteries and witches. I spent a lot of time in graveyards. What's it called, Kevin? <laughs> I'm doing the terrible improv thing where Kevin make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this going to be your your randomly generated uh, NaNoWriMo? Oh yeah, have you heard about have you guys Nano heard Genmo. about Darius's yeah. Darius's project that Nano Genmo? Yeah, I like it. Within minutes of it starting, somebody submitted 50, the word meow hours. fifty thousand times yeah. as the first. Yeah, yeah. How do you measure your progress on that from day to day? It just doesn't. I'm not sure it really fits in. Well, you can. I mean, it's Lines it's not a question code. about progress, <laughs> right? Because it's oh, to me like the defining feature of Nanorimo is that. You do a certain amount of work a day, and then at the end of the month, you have a novel. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, you basically, if you're if you're a programmer, the way that a programmer is a programmer, I think, uh-huh. like doing it this way, you write a you write a thing that generates a novel, and then the next day you write a thing that generates a slightly less shitty novel, right. and then so on and so forth until you have something that is a passable generated novel. That means reading a novel a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. If you're, or multiple novels a day if you're if you're iterating. I don't think. Oh uh, man, that, that sounds like the worst project. Yeah, it really does. It I seems like, like you'd need like we could generate like a bunch really easily with the backend tools that we developed. I don't know if that's true. Why? Le- well, okay. So well, like, if you uh, say that like the name the, of a guy who farts a lot. For, yeah. Like, <laughs> Yo, I would yeah, say no. in an hour I could write a generator for names of a guy who farts a lot and thirty thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Your, like I could I could novel. write I could write thirty paragraph generation Mad Libs and then just right. string a hundred randomly chosen paragraphs or, or, or yes. say, say five randomly generated paragraphs into a page and then just generate 200 pages and then yeah. you'd only have to read one or two pages to see if it was working but i don't think but that that <laughs> counts as a novel yeah no, exactly. I, I actually if, do. oh come on if, if 50, meow, if yeah. meow 50 times counts as a novel then it this and does but i would argue that you've it seen doesn't. The, that you've seen the sentence one that just is uh just a, like regressive um de- definitional thing right or a generated 50,000 word palindrome just if this is a novel oh about Panama, it turns out. Well, I actually like the, the the idea of a novel structure, which is just a list of thirty thousand people, and then farted. Just <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and there you go. Uh, your... And then that fart begat. <laughs> yeah, yes, I was yes, going to say this. Like the, conflict. Once, then once there was a man named whatever who room... farted a lot. He went on an adventure, which I will describe <laughs> in a couple sentences. And then he had a son whose name was who also farted a lot and you also could, went you could on make an adventure. Up a structure where like. If this room doesn't stink enough in five minutes, I'm going to kill this dog. 
and then 30,000 people walk into the room and all fart. Okay. And they, they saved the day. Okay. <laughs> well, there's I mean, your, you've got your setup. The RNG determines it, whether they saved the day or not, right? Like, well, okay. they saved not, the it needs dog. to be capable of generating both a tragic novel and a comic novel. Uh huh. Yeah. So I say tragedy is where 35,000 people fart and the dog still dies. <laughs> Comedy that, is when Mel I cut Brooks, my finger. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's. Ah, Nano Genmo. Yep. Good. Did you see anything in particular in 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 Spooky Salem that that? Uh, I saw one group, uh, one group Halloween costume that was uh, the Golden Girls. I thought that was particularly okay. scary. And they were recognizable as the Golden Girls. Yeah. Although when I said, "Oh my God, amazing costume! You guys are awesome," they're like, "You're the first person who's gotten this all day." <laughs> I see. So I was like, uh, "Okay, well, that's a little sad." But it was it was obvious. It was obvious. Yeah. Well, to you. Well, right. Did you watch a lot of the Golden Girls as a kid? I did. So yeah. did I. Yeah. Me too. Did you watch a lot of Golden Girls as a kid, Jim? I think I may have seen an episode. <clears throat> no. <clears throat> was, I was I was aware of it. it I knew you show. didn't belong on this podcast. No. no. <laughs> Sorry. Did you watch a lot of Night Court as a kid? Oh yeah. I, Night Court was. The I best. think I saw like four episodes of Night Court as a kid. I watched a shitload of Night Court as a kid. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I've seen okay. I've seen a lot of Night Court. Jim, what the fuck were you watching as a kid? Were you watching TV? Did you have one of those like families where TV was like an hour a day or something? Or yeah, I half just an don't hour of really Night Court, half an hour of the 80s at all. Basically, is what it is. Um, oh, you had one of those families where you were constantly given acid in your Fruit Loops. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally watch TV. But if you want me to actually name a show, like the ones I'm going to name are like Knight Rider, Airwolf, things Three's I Company. showed as a, no, no. I mean, I, I was aware of these things. There wasn't anything. There wasn't. So, so I feel like for us, the Golden Girls was not <clears throat> targeted at our demographic. That's true. Oh, God, it was now. a thing. Yeah. It was a thing that we just happened to gravitate to in syndication. Kind of the same with. It was so good, though. Really, it was pretty good. Same well, with Night Court. Night yeah. Court was pretty good. Let's actually let's talk about this for a second. When you say, "Did you watch it?" Like, I'm thinking of it in terms of like, I've watched the first three seasons of the X Files because on Netflix I was like sick for a few weeks and binge binge watched <laughs> them. But you did not watch them contemporaneously, right? Um, but I might say that I did watch it in the early '90s because I would occasionally catch an episode. But I can't we think of any... We watched a lot of Golden Girls, I think, is what it comes down. Like, I, like it yeah. was on every week, this and is, I would watch it. It was on every yeah. day, yeah. right? Like, it was, it was a daytime like, TV thing that was on every yeah. day. It was something that was on and recognizable like, at exactly the time when you designing were designing women to watch TV. I, yeah, I can't think of any women. show yeah. that I feel like <clears> I watched in the same way that I would say that I watched The X-Files in those three weeks, right? Like, I... MASH? I like The Simpsons. MASH, yeah. You know, that's funny. I, I went back and I watched season one of The Simpsons on Netflix, I think, at you the time. I not remember any of it. And I remembered every episode. Oh. Even though I would not have said that I had watched The Simpsons. Interesting. Okay, so I think you're just lying. I think you are probably <laughs> just as much of an enthusiastic consumer of the Golden I, Girls and Night Court as the rest of us. I think my... It's all right. You can stay on the show. Okay. All right. <laughs> if, if that's what it takes, I'll let you believe that. Yeah. Uh, Golden Girls costume. That was the yeah, highlight. That was... Salem. That kind of It seems like highlight. you could have just seen that on the internet and saved yourself the airfare. <clears throat> no, I mean, I also got to see a bunch of other things. There were There were a bunch of really scary costumes and a bunch of like... Girls dressed as uh, sexy witches, you know. So that mm. was that was good. I'll take a sexy witch. Um, 
I went to a bunch of Halloween parties. Uh, there were a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of graveyards. I actually took a bunch of pictures of graves. You know what's good about an enthusiastic Halloween party is a is a magic potion, a cocktail made to look oh. like a potion. Do you have any cocktails that were wearing Halloween costumes of their I own? Did not. Well, that's that's a sad thing. Now that you mention it, I wouldn't have even thought of that. Put dry ice in there. Yeah. There were a bunch of, of regular like, wet ice. There were is a bunch that a of safe thing to drink. Yeah, I was just gonna ice. say it would suck to accidentally get the. You dry don't want to swallow it or get it in your mouth, yeah. but I mean, you you could you know, it's safe to like bang against your teeth, and fun. Yeah, I'll have to try <laughs> I mean, that someday. I don't know about is that. Are you saying that from experience? Because I've touched dry ice and it sucked. No, no, not with your fingers. Your teeth don't have any nerves. Well, okay. There's also well, uh, lips. Okay. I'm a, yeah, I'm assuming you. Also, eh, my teeth. You managed to dodge the lips. Cold, so. No, you've never seen me drink. It, I, I, I like <laughs> basically yeah. removed my lips. Back and, yeah. yeah, that was yeah. Eh, it was my sound of like burying my yeah. teeth. No, That's I kind of fold. I kind of fold my lips back over my head. And you strain everything <laughs> through your teeth. Yeah, and then just kind of strain things through my teeth. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. I can't see because of my lips. It's gross. So it's really, yeah. It's really it's, gross. It's horrifying. It's, um... <laughs> yeah, I, uh, got a face for radio, as, as they say. Guillermo del Toro <laughs> taught me how to drink. <laughs> <laughs> you examine the drink with the with eye, in, your, eye in the middle of your palm. <laughs> my hand eyes, yeah. Mm, yeah, hand oh, eye did you watch the... Uh, oh, Guillermo del Toro was the best hand-eye coordination. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the uh, the Halloween uh, Strong Bad? Oh, strong? yeah. I did. No, I guess it's not. It's Homestar Runner. It's not a Strong Bad email mm-hmm. or whatever, but yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. That was pretty good. I like that Homestar Runner is back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, a, is that a real thing or is it... I think so. I, I don't know if we could say they're back until they're producing more than one thing a year. I've said they're back. There's I mean, they've two made things three. So far. They have oh, made really? three okay. updates to the website in the last like two weeks. Oh, was there really? a third one? I only saw the. Well, first. there was a there was a middle like a sort of a Halloween tune coming soon. Ah, okay. There was the music video, and then there was an animation to say like, ah, we're not gone, we're still here, and then the Halloween thing. I wonder okay. if there's a RSS feed I could subscribe subscribe to because I did not know about that. I I saw the the first thing make the rounds. And then I guess no one's talking about the rest of it. You can follow Strong yeah. Bad on Twitter. Yeah, you can well, follow Strong Bad on Twitter. But you then okay. you're relying yeah. on actually seeing those tweets. Which hmm. normal people do. They see all of their tweets. Oh, that is not even That's probably not true. true of normal people. No, yeah. I, I definitely don't. You don't read your whole feed? No, no. I, I, I follow like 500 people. It's, oh. it's oh, not feasible. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's lunacy. No, it is. So we went to IndieCade. Riff didn't go to IndieCade. Boo. But the rest of us went to IndieCade. That was like why didn't you go to Indy? Many, it was like many a month ago. ago. Yeah, and then we stayed in a house that was a house of uh, somebody wished a pox upon it. Yeah, yeah, mm. and and the wish was granted. It was. <laughs> uh, so then we got real sick and couldn't record any podcasts for a month. Yep, that's why I guess. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. No. Yep. I was trying to figure out a way to make a joke about how you try to record a podcast, but then find that you cannot speak. But I couldn't remember any of the actual phrasing of any of those lines from The Matrix. (laughs) To work in a request for a phone call. Do you remember when you watched The Matrix for the first time and for the first like 10 minutes, it seemed like it was going to be really awesome? (laughs) For me, that was like the first hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I mean I, I I can I can pinpoint the 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 time like having rewatched it since pinpoint the time where it it went to shit which was the the scene where Neo asks for lots of guns. 
Right. Mm. Where it turns into just like video game. Yeah, now it's an action movie. You know, it's a well-made action movie, but... I was I was I, with yeah. it all the way through that. I enjoyed all of the first Matrix, although I haven't watched it again in a long time. What I didn't like about the Matrix was that it came out so soon after Dark City, which I thought was a oh, much, yeah. much better movie, and it just completely overshadowed it. So mm-hmm. nobody cared about Dark City. Yeah, that was Dark a good City's one. a little too weird for mainstream purposes. I, I think. mean, the Matrix is pretty weird for the mainstream, though. Yeah, but it really explains itself. Like that's true. It yeah. it raises a lot of questions by just asking them, <laughs> like <laughs> in no uncertain terms, right? Whereas, like Dark City, you know, it, I feel like Dark City trusts its audience a little bit more than the Matrix. Mm, sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I actually liked the second Matrix movie more because it was <clears throat> more sort of diving deeper into what this means and in the like. It was certainly the origin like more, story of the would, Matrix and stuff. It was certainly like it made the philosophy more explicit. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. One thing that I read was that um, the the purpose of the the Matrix originally was um, to was to be a distributed computing system hmm. where the humans were actually providing processing power that the uh, software ran on. Which yeah, is that, a much more that makes a lot more sense. Reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And apparently, this was um, this change was forced on the movie by someone with more clout than the writer. Hmm. Just hmm. like people wouldn't understand this, people wouldn't understand what distributed computing is. Hmm. So you have to simplify it. Which, in my mind, is I don't know it. I mean, it makes sense that they would need to use brains for a thing because that's a thing that you can't just build necessarily, yeah, right? Like, yeah, Whereas, like, <laughs> huh, like we have never made something that ran on living animals, right? <laughs> like, I mean, we've made stuff that runs on dead animals, right? Well, so okay, I guess we invented stagecoaches. Stagecoaches run on living animals. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, maybe, that, yeah, okay, <clears throat> but it's it's super inefficient. Like, if you had to carry the fuel, like, if you had to carry all of the oats that your horses were going to eat to get you <laughs> to Tennessee or wherever you were going, uh, then that would probably not work. I think that relies on horses being able to find their own food out on the range, out on the prairie. As they're running by it. <laughs> well, no, you, they can pause to eat. You're not, like... I don't know. You're not like a Genghis Khan army guy. Like, not only is this horse not allowed to stop, but I'm also going to cut it and drink its blood so that I don't have to stop and eat grass. <laughs> uh, like the Warhammer 40k orcs who run the fuel lines of their tanks through the cockpit so the pilots have something to drink. That's efficient. If you guys had to choose between living on grass and living on horse blood, which would you choose? You don't get to, like, alter your metabolism. Like, horse blood, way more nutritious than grass. Like, if you have to live on grass, you probably die. You could probably make some dishes out of horse blood. You could make horse blood sausage. Horse blood pudding. Sure. Okay. Horse blood burger. Neither of them is particularly appealing. Horse blood taco. What? Can we have both? (laughs) 
Nope. Sorry. Okay. You, the horse blood is because you're not stopping. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could just drive the horse to McDonald's so, and then kind of eat so, whatever you want. So then it might be, <laughs> if we're not stopping, it might be hard to make some of these dishes then. So can, can we breed like some Like a horse horses? blood souffle <laughs> that's definitely going to collapse. Well, you know. Well, blood has the same element content as eggs. Oh, yeah. We actually make a horse blood meringue. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can we breed horses with, like, a lot of redundant muscle mass so that we can just bite a chunk off of the horse instead of only drinking the blood? We could use <laughs> lizards to ca- to pull the uh, pull the wagon and then eat their tails, and then the tails would, oh, the tails yeah, would grow back. Yeah. We could genetically engineer horses to have M&Ms for blood. <laughs> what? That's ge- Okay. We have a winner. Huh. We don't need to have this conversation anymore because we've just found the logical endpoint and what we should obviously do as a species. Did you guys play any games at Indicade? Yes. Mm-hmm. I played a lot of games at Indicade. What games did you play at Indicade, Kevin? Uh, I, I made a list. Uh, I'm going to have to reach over here to look at my list. Uh, All right. Your list is like tied to Jim. That That's uh, less than optimal. Um, maybe I can... <laughs> do something about no, it. No, it's, it's fine. Um, all right. Uh, so I played a game uh, that was a like a physical game that wasn't a video game uh, called Step Ball. Yeah. Uh, it was we a, know that guy. Yeah, it was made by uh, a good friend of ours, Josh Lee. Um, it's basically turn-based football. You uh, There's like a, a, a referee, I guess, who calls out when it's time to take a step and everybody takes one single step it can be sort of a jumping step or a leaping step or whatever uh and then uh one one person has the ball and they try to pass it to another teammate um and the people on the other team are trying to knock the ball out of the air or block the block the ball in some way um and that was awesome it was it was actually really it was like a ton of fun it's sort of like a a weird cross between like ultimate frisbee and red light green light hmm. <laughs> um yeah and like you, you know it was it, it is a game that like you need to have a little bit of physical skill to do but like it's it's mostly about sort of tactics and like trash talking your opponents and stuff <laughs> oh so it's like basketball <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's good um i got to play chasm uh which i had i had backed as a kickstarter <clears throat> um, had you not gotten any of the early i have not i didn't back at the level to get early access stuff um and that seems like it's gonna be fun uh i played how to be a tree uh did you guys see this at all i didn't see that i have seen it it's cool it's uh it's oh is that the fractal game yeah like oh yeah that's you are a fractal tree and like you have like left your controls are like left and right uh which change like uh, how how you are folded basically and then up and down which change your fractal dimension uh which is weird <laughs> um so it's like a clumsy physics game right it is I mean, yeah it's, it's it reminds me of quap a lot um but you have way more agency and uh it feels like you have way more control over what's going to happen um you definitely can sort of learn how to uh, to make adjustments um and then it's just sort of a question of like clever level design and like bopping around the world trying to collect the little floating tokens and stuff like that and, and make progress um it's uh it's, it was both really compelling and tricky I feel it doesn't like. explain in the fiction like what you're after uh there is some going stuff going on like there, like you're a tree and there's another tree common. and like you decide to sort of break free and wander around and collect stuff i don't i don't exactly remember how all that went um 
I played Sunder, which is a kind of a, it's, it's an awesome concept. It is, uh, it's a game where it's a two player game, uh, cooperative where one player wears red glasses and the other player wears blue glasses and you are both watching the same screen, but you are seeing different things. Mm. Um, so it's like using sort of 3d tech, but instead of giving you different, different information to the right and left eye, they're giving different information to the player one and player two. Hmm. Um, and so one player will like see the monsters that are on the screen, but not the platforms and vice versa. And so you have to communicate with each other to explain like what's going on. Um, and it's, it like, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and it's just, I think it's going to come down to whether or not they can actually m- make a full fledged game out of it. Cause like the demo was, was pretty short. There were like two or three exploratory levels and then sort of like a, a boss fight kind of thing. Cause um, like that's figuring out the kinds of things that you're doing is a lot more fun than actually executing on the same thing yes, multiple times. Right. And, and so I feel like it's, it's going to be a game where if they can <coughs> continually come up with new interactions for you to have to explain to each other i think that will be a lot of fun um but it's going to suffer from the same problem where it's it's like much harder to get to sit down with another person co-op local to sort of play through a game together because it it, i it just wouldn't there is you i don't think you could play it as a single player in a meaningful way Hmm. so it seems like you could do it you could do it 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 wouldn't be as cool without the red blue glasses but you could do it with online multiplayer just by giving the different players different information yeah but um well then it could be like a 10 player you game. would need to you'd have to be like have it like an open verbal communication yeah you'd channel, have to have I like guess. a skype connection or ventrilo or something yeah. so i mean i guess that's possible um but the idea that you're actually on the same screen at the same time and doing different stuff is kind of awesome yeah, it's a neat gimmick uh so when you say it wouldn't work as a single player game I mean, what if one player was just looking at both colors? Would that just make it trivial? It would be weird because yeah. uh, I mean, you'd have to you'd also have to have be controlling two characters at the yeah. same time. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I played a game in the DOS days. I don't remember the name of it that that had um, Pac Man and Pong and Breakout in the three color channels. Oh, whoa. Ugh. And you're supposed to play them all at once. That's whoa. crazy. It was pretty unplayable. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of, was it, there was like a game jam or something recently where they had a, a two player game where one person was playing Tetris and the lines that they made transferred to the other player's screen where they were playing uh, breakout. Oh yeah. That was a Molly oh. jam game. I think. Nice. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it. But it like, was it was inspired by the t- the tweet about um like people <laughs> about uh the first person shooter and racing game existing in the same world and so the the rockets from the first person shooter were going off off course and hitting the cars on the track that sort of thing <laughs> right uh, did you guys play Hinka Twist Caper at all? No. Nope. Uh, that's a PlayStation Move controller game uh, by the same guy that did, like, uh, Bacon Thief or whatever that was. That's the game I played last year by the same guy. Um, so that is – you have <clears throat> small teams, maybe, like, two-person teams, and there are three or four of them. And you are – moving the PlayStation controller around, uh, trying to find the, the right orientation where it sort of vibrates. Um, and, or maybe where it lights up, I forget. Uh, or like, uh, and then you 
are trying to hold it there to sort of like make a meter rise on the screen while at the same time preventing other people from holding theirs in the right orientation. So it's a bunch of like trying to isolate one part of your body and hold it. And while you're trying to move other people's controllers and, and get them from um, being able to have a stationary kind of situation. It's so it's like uh, Johann Sebastian Joust, but way more people in a much tighter space hmm. uh, and team team based. Um, so it's kind of cool. Games like that are, are they seemed like they explore the space between like um, your only interaction is the input and what's happening on the screen versus like the, the space between that and just straight up murdering your opponents, right? <laughs> and what where the socially acceptable line is, and whoever's willing to go closest to that line without crossing it usually wins. Huh. Yeah, I'm. I don't really ever want to play JS Joust really? for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, because it just seems like it you're playing against the social contract. Like you're not playing against There's other tactical stuff involved though, like like being able to to hang back while other people knock each other out of the game and then come well, in at the very end. JS Joust actually is an interesting it it has the limiting factor of you can't move too fast. So like right, if you right. actually were to murder somebody, like if you brought a gun, <laughs> then you could do that. Well, so poison. But like, sure, yeah. Uh, but games like um, Button or um, I forget Anna Anthropy's iPad game, the the guillotine one where the goal is to make the other player let go of the iPad. Oh, interesting. Oh, um, God. That's sort of like the opposite of like bound in. You where... play it on like a fourth story balcony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> where you're both supposed to hold on to the, the iPhone and like do a little dance together. Kinda. Oh, is that? That's neat. Yeah. Um, like a knife fight where you tie two of your hands together and then you have a <laughs> knife in the other hand. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So two people. All right. Let's invent a game. Two people hold an iPad. Uh-huh. You have to hold the iPad with your right hand. In your left hand, there is a hammer. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the iPad, iPad is the screen off. of the iPad just says, go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so really, this game is learning learning who to play it with. Right. Who can you trust? Uh, I played Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Did you? I did. I am intrigued by that. I didn't want to play it in a noisy environment. This is the Oculus Rift. It is, yeah. So it is a two-player game, again. Um, one player has an Oculus Rift and a controller, and they are um, sort of interacting in a virtual space with a bomb. Um, and the second player has a manual which tells you how to defuse the bomb, um, but but each page is basically a really complicated logic puzzle, um, and it relies on having a bunch of information which you cannot see. So you have to really get uh, serious about communication, mm-hmm. um, Sounds so it's like, yeah, so it's like, okay, how many wires are there? Is any of them white? Uh, okay, is, is the white one the third from the left? Okay, uh, don't cut that one. Okay, uh, what are the other colors of the wires? Like, that kind of thing. Like, Which one were like, you? Huh. Uh, I, was th- I was dealing with the <clears throat> manual. Um, okay. And I screwed up uh, early on because I, uh, like, sh- like the my partner described the what they saw and I interpreted that as as one of the like wire puzzles but there turns out there's like multiple different kinds of wire puzzles and I was just I had just picked the wrong one to follow the instructions and so I was like okay does it have this no okay well then do this and then that was just wrong um, so yeah it's great and the, it's just it's very funny it's like very tense it's uh 
it's really really well crafted um and it's i a, highly recommend it two-player co-op game two-player co-op oculus rift <laughs> game yeah and three ring binder yeah and a print a 25 page printout basically um that's really cool yeah it's it's like because you're you're solving logic puzzles while having to like have like this intense conversation back and forth and like yeah it's it's nuts and there's i'm assuming a time limit yeah there's like five or six minutes to to defuse the bomb and there's usually like three or four separate chunks that you have to to solve it sucks because it seems like the right environment to play this game in is the environment that you will never ever play this game in which is it is it well like a quiet room well, where I mean, you can at a hear party, everything. It's fine, I right? think at some point people will own the equivalent, like an Oculus Rift or the equivalent, yeah, and have it in their house. The commercial yeah, they're not going to own a binder. <laughs> you could load up a PDF. Yeah, on you could play iPad. it on an iPad I mean, if you if you wanted to. I mean, the binder's cool. That's a cool <laughs> thing. But <laughs> you just need. Do you guys actually think that the Oculus Rift or anything like it is? going to come out ever for consumers? No, it's going to really be a widespread consumer thing. I'm pretty dubious. Well, mm-hmm. have you have you tried it? Yeah. And your reaction to that was you're dubious. I same here. Um but I have also I also know people who tried it and their reaction is this is fucking amazing. I need more of this right now. But how much I mean and I how think, much of that is like I think real. what that is is um just it's good enough to work for them and not for you yet. But and do they I, not wear glasses? That maybe seems like a big factor. That might be, yeah, that might be what it is. And also, like, how, how much of how many different kinds of like VR experiences have they had lately? Versus, like, are these people who are like serious gamers already? Or are they like they? Yeah, they tend to be serious gamers. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and they're going to keep working on the tech. I know a guy who's working on a thing um, called redirected walking, which is um, they, you, you, you're in a room um, and the room is like 20 by 20 feet. And that's enough space for you to basically them to give you a go anywhere virtual world where what they do is when you're walking too close to a wall, they actually just subtly shift what you're seeing to make you. Oh, turn! I thought we were going to say they move the floor like Jamiroquai style. Oh, if only. <laughs> uh, but no, it's all like um, it's all in your head. It's all rather in your in your face. It's all like, and that that, that your brain doesn't like get super confused. Uh, apparently, like they can make it subtle enough that wow, like, that uh, in twenty by twenty, and they're working on like a larger one, which is like like sixty by twenty where you can have multiple people walk around and only come together in the same physical space when they actually come together in the world. Whoa. Huh. So these things are, and again, that's not something you would have in your house probably, but, um, they were saying that the, the major, the major yeah. obstacle to releasing it as a consumer product at this point is having a controller that really robustly works. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, right now the biggest problem with, with VR as a, immersive experience in my opinion is that you can't actually walk around hmm. like see my biggest problem is that they don't have the thing that goes on your dick yet <laughs> that's you know those exist yeah the teledildonics has been around for years has it or has the word teledildonics <laughs> just no, been around the, for the, years the same guy was i forget the name of the product but apparently there's a uh a company that is 
is manufacturing those and is selling like software packages. And in only and, a 20 the- by 20 by 20 cube, <laughs> <laughs> it simulates. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't need that much space <clears throat> for my dick. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you're packing. Um, and they've apparently like open sourced the API. So, hmm. this again, is the total Daldonics thing? I the- would tell you what to Google, except I don't remember. Yeah, it is. Okay. No, I was kidding anyway. Although I do think that probably an actual serious porn application is what would get. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I do think that's coming. VR deployment. I do think- Well, so there would have to be a porn, there would have to be a porn application and an application that sounded like a plausible reason you were actually buying. Oh, video games. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, We've got that already. Right. Mm-hmm. You got, you want to play Alien Isolation? Some on- sort of like a, like a, I don't know, like a Lotus 1, 2, 3, 4 <laughs> or something, like a killer app, you know? Because <laughs> you got a computer. Wait, what was, what was Lotus 1, 2, 3? What porn was that? The uh- <laughs> No, 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 I'm saying that was a spreadsheet. That's nominally why you needed to buy this computer. Oh, I see. You can use it to store your recipes. Right. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> isn't, isn't that well, what the, the boss key flipped over to it was a spread with like some lotus porn <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh my boss is coming better not let him see him doing work yeah <laughs> yeah well well the 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 serious application was actually a cover for the games you would play on your computer i think we advance as a society that enough of a society that now you could have games to cover for porn okay mm. And eventually we'll have something that porn covers for. Ooh, like, man. I'm trying to imagine what that would be. <laughs> blood, oh, child porn. Blood sports. <laughs> uh, I played a game called Elbow Room, uh, which is sort of like a party game on a computer where you get to pick a key on the keyboard. Uh, and so as many people as can physically touch the keyboard can play. And, and you can touch the keyboard and can see the screen. And then, um, there's like a selector bar swinging around and you have a portion of like a, of the, the outside ring. And when it, when the bar is in your region, you have to hit the key once. And if you double tap, it reverses the, the sort of direction of the selector bar or the, it's like a clock basically with a single hand going around. Um, so you can, you can just get it while it's, you know, sort of like as a rhythm kind of game while it's on your area or you have to be prepared for it to, to change directions and stuff like that. Um, and it was actually really, really fun. It was super, you know, super simple, super like, um, but you're pressed up against a bunch of strangers. You're, yeah. You're pressed up yeah, against I a mean, bunch of strangers and stuff like that. And it's, it's great. It's like, it sounds like it's almost a rhythm game. Kind of. Yeah. Was there music? There was music, probably. It was it was in the big like uh, firehouse, so oh, it's hard yeah, to hear okay. anything. Um, but like enough stuff was shifting around on the screen that it wasn't a hundred percent like always the stuff. And as other people dropped out, as they made mistakes, they would they would fall off the circle, and the region size would change. Oh, I saw like this. Yeah. Okay. So did you? Did either of you guys play Bloop? Yeah, not. That's it a was fun out one. at night games. It was just an iPad <laughs> sitting on a table, like a like mm. a cocktail table height. Yeah, that like, was rusty. Not Blair. like an arcade cocktail table, but like an actual cocktail table, like a like a high top. Um, you basically select how many players, one to four, on the iPad, and it just it would give you a color, and it would say like you know press 
press your color to start. And then once everybody had pressed their color, because the iPad doesn't fucking know how many people are there, it would just subdivide the screen into areas of this color. And whenever you touched them, it would score a point for that color and go away. It would usually be replaced by another color, I think. Right. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then at the end, whoever had tapped the most of their color would win. But it ended up being just like a twister thing where you're... Complete chaos. Just like tapping all the color. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's a that's a fun game. That was um. Is when this, I, I wasn't say is this another game where you can win just by having a knife in the other hand and stabbing other people so they stop playing? You well, could, it, yeah. it was it, yeah. There was there was definitely some of like trying to stop the other player from pushing their color. Um, when I saw this, I asked the developer like, "Did you work on also Bleep?" Huh. Um, because Bleep was basically the same game except for Siftio cubes. Where the cube would, each cube would become your color and then you'd tap the screen. Or you could pick up a cube and shake it to turn it to a different color. Oh, wow. Um, and then I had talked to the developer, like, what, what about like the idea of. Wait, was it the same guy? It was, it was, oh yeah, I should have answered that question. <laughs> no, it was not. It was, but it was, uh, with permission. Okay. 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 Yeah. Because that would have been too weird otherwise. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That, I forget who, who, man, I shouldn't, I should know this. I forget who developed Bleep, but it was with permission from Rusty Moore, the developer of Bloop. Didn't, uh, uh, Stepball Josh worked at Siftio, didn't he? I don't remember. Maybe. I believe that's what turned into that iPad drawing thing. Maybe. Or at least he had worked for them before. Anyway, it's a small world. Did those cubes ever amount to anything? Uh, that company, um, they got purchased. They first of all, first they um, effectively shut down, meaning they laid almost everybody off, and then they got sold to somebody. I think who I th- I forget who it was, but I think it was just someone who wanted the the, the tech people. Um, and now they they make a little game called Minecraft. <laughs> No. <laughs> that's the rest of the story. God, God, like a real, like an actual immersive real world oh Minecraft where you just you fill a warehouse trees. with Siftio cubes that have the <laughs> oh, like sixteen bit textures on them. But that was some. That was what I was talking to uh, Rusty about. Like, if you could take that same game and put instead of the the colors all being on this one surface, what if they were just in various positions in space? Hmm. Um, and then I remembered. Siftio made a bleep umbrella where uh, from all the spines of the umbrella, they hung a Siftio cube oh, and were running bleep on that, which is a really cool idea. And I never got a chance to actually play that, but it was fun. That's it cool. Would, it looked fun. Games that take place in three dimensional space with actual committed hardware seem like a tough sell. I, well, all, any game with, committed hardware is probably a tough sell, right? Well, the arcade industry in the 80s would Well, the arcade industry is dead now. To some extent, so, yeah. I mean, but I mean, it made a bunch of money. Yeah. While it was making a bunch of money. Yeah. I, games, I, I think of Indicate and, and as, and this isn't as true as I thought it was, but like at least like two years ago, I thought of Indicate as the place people took their ridiculous installation games to go and and show yeah, that was how I f- interpreted its website the first right. time, I mean, too. There is definitely a lot of that that still happens. You know, and I feel like yeah, for yeah. the average, like, Culver City rando who shows up, 
and and just wanders into night games that is what it is it's, and the like festival aspects of it is definitely us just kind of you know everybody sucking each other's dicks in the firehouse yeah and all <laughs> these handing out like, awards and i would even qualify like games like tower fall probably i put that under that umbrella because i who owns an Ouya, like, really? Who, who has three friends? <laughs> right. <laughs> Certainly not anybody with an Ouya. <laughs> Man, I walked past the Ouya tent, and this guy was like, you want to play this, please? And I was like, oh, oh goddamn. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, those guys are, they're really working out for indies. I know um, Matt Lewandowski, if, I think that was his name, a friend of mine, Matt, um, he made a game called, um, it's either Reagan Gorbachev or Gorbachev Reagan. Uh-huh. Um, and it's basically a co-op hotline Miami starring Reagan and Gorbachev. Okay. And it was funded by Ouya. Um, so, and that's, that's in, restri- in, in return for timed exclusivity. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, they're, I mean, Ouya is of- like being good to indies specifically, but yeah, r- realistically, Didn't, like, like never ending nightmares did the same thing, right? Like wasn't never ending nightmares and Ouya exclusive for it, a while. It, as far as that, yeah, they're, they're six, six months or a year exclusive as far as consoles go. Um, but it's, that doesn't exclude PCs. Yeah, it never excludes PCs. So who cares? Like that's I mean, like, we, uh, we don't care, but there's, yeah. there's a whole, there's a lot of people who well, are if only their actually, market doesn't care, but I mean, if they're saying <clears throat> exclusive except PC, that I would say the Ouya's market is PC people, like probably. Yeah. yeah. So that that that's a that's foolish of them. I mean, Towerfall was exclusive, including PC for a while, mm-hmm. and that was that was sort of a raw deal for them. I think. Did I tell you guys about the Axe game that I played at Indiecade? No. no, this was. Okay, so I was walking along, and I was about to meet up with uh, with Emily to to go to lunch. And this guy said, "Do you want to play a game with real axes?" <laughs> and I said, "Yes." And he said, "Okay, you might die. Can you be back here in ten minutes? We're gonna play a round of this." And I said, "I don't know. I was about to go to lunch, but I will see." So I tracked down Emily, and I said, "All right." This guy's having a really hard time getting people to play his axe game. I'd like to play his axe game if you can tolerate this. Turns out that what was required to play this axe game was we gathered. There were about 10 of us that that he had talked into it. We then walked about a mile out into the woods <laughs> uh, and died. Yeah. And then he murdered you. <laughs> so I, 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 I texted some people saying, I, was, to go into I know I was asking you if you wanted to come and play this game. This might be a thing where we're just going to get murdered in the woods. So here's where I am. If you need to locate the body, we go, we go about a mile out into the woods and it's like a city park, but it's the woods. Sure. Like it's, it's up. We, we did some, we, we went through some, some sort of hobo jungle. Uh, we definitely went past some places where some people were living, uh, in climbing up a hill to get to this area. His buddy, who was there setting up, just sort of emerges from the trees. Wearing um, a human that was skin another, mask. Another spooky part. Well, I mean, in the way that we all do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that this game worked was actually super fun. Uh, so everybody... Okay, so there were two teams of like five people and there were more than five logs. Otherwise, everybody would have just had their own log. And these are just like like logs and they have a rope tied to them 
with about a five foot length of rope. Like they're tied in the middle. Wooden logs. J- just a pe- like a log, like like you, like, like my log, my log saw something down. that night. Like yeah, like a limb from a tree. Okay. that has been cut into a two to four foot section. Okay, just logs. Um, so at this point, are you dead already? No, we're still alive. Okay, actually, for a while yet. Okay, so he. <clears throat> the way that it works is it's a it is a sort of a turn based log strategy game. We start on opposite ends of a f- the forest. <laughs> there is a tree in the middle that is the scoring tree. <laughs> a tree okay. or a stump? A tree. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there is a piece of canvas in another area on which there is another log for each team. There's one log with a blue rope and one log with a red lo- ro- red rope. So if you get there, you get an extra log. Like, so you get a new, a new, a new dude on your team. Somebody else has to take it or does one person carry two logs? One person ends up, you're not carrying them really. Like they're, they're in place. So there is a movement phase. This is the part of the game that was, I think, not very well designed. Um, on the way over there, I'm talking to this guy to make sure he's not going to kill us. He's like a grad student at Berkeley who has made a bunch of games like this that are just sort of played out in nature. He has a job, like, he had one game that he made that was a competitive, like, making little rafts out of leaves and floating them down a river. He made another game that was about running out as the tide recedes and planting sticks as far out as you can. Without getting wet. Or yeah, without getting, or, or, or in the hopes that the, the stick will, so, so like, this is very, it's, it, these are just like hippie, hippie games that we're <laughs> playing, right? All right. So there's the movement phase. You grab onto the rope of your log. He says, go, and then he says, stop, and then you have to stop. You you run when he says go, and then when he says stop. This is the part that was a little like, eh, a lot of people just kind of kept going. You had a lot of momentum. A lot of people were being careful, and that made them like a quarter as effective as the people who weren't being careful. A lot, a lot of issues here. So then after that, there is an attack phase where, and this is another thing that I would have done differently if I were designing this game. At the end of the movement phase, if your rope can touch the scoring tree, you get a point for that log. During the attack phase, any any opponent's log that you can reach with your rope and touch, you are then given an axe, and you can take five swings at the log. And if you manage to cut the log in half with those five swings, then that log is out of play. For the opponent. So it's just a lot of dragging logs around and then chopping, uh, chopping other logs up with axes. And there were like two people in the entire game who had ever used an axe before. <laughs> and they were both on my team. Did you guys, did you guys cream yeah. the other team? No, we lost. Okay. But yeah, I guess that indicates that axe skill wasn't a real. Wasn't vital. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't super important. Also, a lot of the logs were real, real shitty because he just had to, you know, he didn't like bring logs with him from Berkeley. He just had to find logs. You know, they didn't give us the logs we wanted, but maybe they gave us the logs we deserved, those trees <laughs> in the city park. So a lot of the time, he'd sort of like hit it with the back of the axe just once and it would just kind of shatter. Sometimes Some of the logs wow. just like crumbled to powder as opposed oh, to being chopped. In a that's way. disappointing. The ones that were being chopped, the ones that were actually like decent pieces of firewood, it, you know, it was fun. Anyway, uh, we didn't get killed. It wasn't really part of Indiecade. He was just sort of he recruiting. Just and he was like, he needed to do it far enough away that Indiecade people couldn't see it happening and that also the cops couldn't see it happening. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, that was that was the Axe game that I played at IndieCade. It's a good game. I enjoyed it. What was the name of it? The The Forest Game. Seriously? Yeah. Hmm. And the other ones were like the River Game and the Beach Game. Okay. It was part of a, I think maybe an MFA thesis. Okay. <laughs> I would buy that. Yeah. That guy I, sounds cool. Yeah, he was cool. It was a good thing. <laughs> I like, like I kind of he was talking about he wanted to play the river game there too, but all there was was like this super shitty like drought fouled canal. Yeah, gross. And it was like, no, we're not going down there. <laughs> like you are not going to talk anyone into that. The axe game, pretty hard sell. This will take about an hour, and we have to walk a mile to play it. And also, I'm just a dude with some axes. <laughs> like, was he dragging them along behind him, like, looking around, sort of... Sparking on the concrete? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, did you, any of you guys play The Unfinished Swan? Or have you, have you played it? people playing it. I feel like I played a, like, a DigiPen demo of that game years and years and years oh, ago. maybe. Or if yeah, something it's been around a long time. Yeah. It's really cool. I think of it as the game where you splatter paint on the walls so you can see where you're going, but apparently that's just level one. It mm. continues to be that that mechanic, but then it gets way more involved, yeah. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it starts out where it's just everything is just completely white, and you splatter black paint to sort of see features, but if you overdo it, then everything becomes all black. Right, yeah. <laughs> so you have to be careful. Um but yeah, you eventually you start to see shadow detail, but that's not enough to actually navigate well. And then there's like just it like opens up into this actually crazy world where there's like a giant labyrinth and stuff. I, I you know I played maybe five minutes of it, so I didn't get a good uh, a good overall view of it. But it was it seems like it's really really neat, um, and I want to go back to it. Uh, did you play? How did you? How do you do it? Oh, that, I love that game. That yeah, was, uh, that was my game of the show. Super, super good. Oh, uh, is that the game where you're trying to get dolls to fuck? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So for the viewers at home, we're talking about a game that is primarily about... Look, She looks like she's about 11. She's holding a Barbie and a Ken doll, although they're, I'm sure they're not branded. Um, and your controls are you can rotate either doll or you can bang the, bang the dolls together. And then at some point, your mother comes home and is appalled. <laughs> That's the whole thing. And it was just brilliant. But she has commentary. She says stuff while you're trying to make the dolls do oh, it. Oh, right, yeah. Is is this it? Is this kissing? What What is this? <laughs> but there's not actually any mechanical... Like, it's just a sort of physics body simulation, right? Like but You're saying it's not a game, Zach. But I'm, I'm saying there's not a score. I, yeah, no, it, there's it, a score. It's the number of times that you might have had sex because you don't know what sex is and whether or not you got caught. Oh, you can get, you cannot get caught. Yeah, I didn't get caught. I I I might have had sex like fifty six times, and I didn't get caught. All right, <clears throat> but I li listen. I'm not saying it's not a game, <laughs> nor would I ever uh -huh. say anything like that. Uh -huh. I'm just saying, is there actually anything beyond the the commentary and wiggling the things around? I mean, I don't like, think there is. Is, not, is not there just I'm a aware. counter that goes up every time you press the button that jams the dolls together? Uh, and then that's how many times I mean, you there might is, have had there sex. might be, there is, <clears throat> I believe there is some finesse in terms of figuring out what constitutes maybe having sex. 
Okay. You so can probably optimize for that. Yeah. There's, there are ways in which you can get better at it. It is a system that, that like you could, but I don't think improve your I skill. don't expect that getting good at that game would be fun. Yeah. I mean, I as have- long as there is interesting things that the little girl says, I think it would be I, like, as long as there are novel things that she says, I think I would continue playing because they were adorable. And, sure. Yeah. You know, like, so I played a game in the mid nineties called noggin knockers by the same people who made nesticle the NES emulator. Yeah. Um, and noggin knockers was like mortal Kombat themed pong where like you have each pong paddle has a, a face and a personality. (laughs) Uh, but the interesting part was actually that there were people in the background who were purportedly the players controlling the pong paddles and then the person who was torturing them when they lost. And the inter- the only reason I played that game, because it was garbage, <laughs> was that these people would talk. Oh. It, it was like Monkey Island style, like words appear above one person's head, then above the other person's head. And they probably had like six hours worth of conversation written Jeez. into this game. <laughs> um, and it was very entertaining to me at the time. I remember thinking... Even when I was, even when I was like twenty-two, sure, and using Nesticle, and just if you can imagine this, listeners, even more awful than I am now, <laughs> thinking, I wish that there was a less tasteless NES emulator that I could use. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I seriously don't want a nutsack on my desktop. <laughs> was it? Okay, For, I was I was running the DOS version, which didn't have an icon. It was just a ball. It was just a nutsack. <laughs> was it really? Yes. Huh. And then, like, I was your mouse cursor a severed dick? Mine was a wooden sword. Huh. I think I played an earlier version. I think I had an earlier version than you did. Anyway, I was happy years later. When a, there's a different NES emulator, and oh, yeah. I didn't have to use Nesticle anymore. Although, Nesticle in the, like, mid-90s supported net play of NES oh, yeah. games. Crazy. Which was fucking sorcery. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also possible that you're just inclined to see severed dicks in lots of places. Mm. That's true. I mean, I leave them around. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't remember now. What's the name of the phenomenon where you see faces where there aren't Paridolia. faces? Oh, yeah. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now parid- I have to come up with the joke. Yeah, yeah. Fa- yeah, yeah there good. you go. Yeah. That's it. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Um what else what else did you play at Indicade? We already mentioned Bloop and How Do You Do It, which were the two games I was gonna talk about. I played other games, but they're not. This was this was like a month ago now. Yeah, it was. Did you play anything at Night Games? I played Bloop at Night Games. Okay. Um, was there was that there was that was weird thing in the there? there was was what was there? Screen Cheat there? I don't know. I'm just going to talk about Screen to, Cheat. You have to look at the other players. Uh, yeah, it's a split screen first person shooter where everybody's invisible. Okay. And so the way that you tell where the other players are is you look at their corner of the screen. Oh my god, that's awesome. It's brilliant. It and it, it's really fun. So I don't know if it was at Indicade, but that's a good one. Yeah, wow, that's great. I believe it was because I believe I heard people talking about it there. Oh, well, they might have also just been but talking about it, but yeah, okay. 
Um, Starwall. Oh, yeah. I played mm, a little bit yeah, of that. I saw that. That was good. Yeah, that's another... It's one of those... Real physic- physics-y. Physics abuse, four-player game where you're trying to stab the other narwhal in the belly. Yeah. Because um, you're space narwhals or something. Yeah, and one level is called Balls Deep, and it's full of those... It's a ball pit, basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah, with with the balls, physics... Just f- balls flying around everywhere. Because you're you're like your narwhal horn is also like a little lightsaber kind of looking thing, right? Uh you that's an um that's tweakable. Okay. So like it's you can you can swap in different phallic things for your horn. Oh. Okay. And I think other body parts have uh, options as well. Oh, so it's like a kind of an EVO for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Man, somebody needs to make that game again. Escape velocity override. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, you're a Mac guy. Yep. Is it override or overdrive? Over, overabundant? I got to play N++ against uh, my girlfriend who'd never played an N game before and two nine-year-olds. And, uh, oh, man, is it I, a four-player game? I kicked their asses. Ooh, yeah. That's PvP? <laughs> it's a race. There is a, race. a there is a race version of it, okay, uh, yeah. which is what he was demoing yeah. because that's the way the to most, get the most people to play it at once. Fun. It basically... It, what it adds to the formula, as far as I can tell, is there are things in the environment that are that are passable until one person passes over them, and then they become a mine. Oh, so, wow. and in a lot of the race levels, there would be like a big grid of them in the middle of the level, so you could <laughs> sort of like decide what to do. It's like, well, oh, do I man. want these people to have to jump all the way over this? So I just run straight across. Do I want to make a weird zigzag pattern? Do I want to slow down a little bit and turn all of them into mines? That's actually really cool. When you get to the exit door, you turn into a sort of awkward to control missile that you can then direct at the other <laughs> players to kill wow. them. Man, it's so good. It's so, so good. I, I don't know if I even have anything that I'm going to be able to play it on. Like, I don't know what it's targeting, but it seems like a kind of thing that's going to come out for modern consoles and. Don't you think it'll come out on the PC? I don't know that. I mean, maybe? I think it probably would. I mean, it started on the PC. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a Flash game. The yeah. original N? Yeah. 13, 14 years ago? It was a long time when ago. N was? Because N Plus was like... Eight N Plus was like early ago? Xbox 360, like XBLA yeah. thing, and was just so, so good. Right. Mm. Um, let's see. What else did I play? I took pictures and stuff. I played this game called Apotheon, which mm. is... <clears throat> It's a pretty simple 2D platformer. Well, it's not simple, I guess, but it's a 2D platformer where you are, the entire art style is like the art that you would see on the side of like a Roman amphora. Like, you would recognize the style if I told you. If you were stylizing a thing sort of just above stick figure level, like, like sort of like Centurion kind of stuff. with the yeah, but r- this is a decidedly Roman. Okay, like it's not a hieroglyph thing. It is a it is a decidedly Roman. Is this a brawler style? It's kind of it's it's just two D, right? Like so, it's 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 definitely platformy, but it's you you know you're taking hit points off of dudes when you hit them with there's and you know there's a shitload of different weapons that you can carry and stuff, and it's like. Very much like running around in a. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to figure out if this, if I've seen this game, or if I'm thinking of another game with that kind of art style. Um, I played with these things. The, the, did you see those weird um, 
giant pink the, plastic yeah, yeah. connectable things. What was that called? Like building block. Bloom, maybe? Maybe? That sounds like it, yeah. And that was that was fun. That was like it was interesting <clears throat> seeing what kind of shapes those things lent themselves to. Yeah. I saw a lot a lot of like barbed wire and I saw like a a spider looking thing. But it was it seemed like they, they lent themselves to a very specific curvature, a very specific shape, and it was hard to make anything else with it. There were I think it was pretty well thought out. They're they're like a really weird shaped I don't even know how to describe it. They're they're like they fit together kind of like those bristle blocks that mm-hmm. that kids in the seventies had, except there were only like four points of connection on each. And they're all at different angles too. Space, yeah. So like you could make a circle, like you could make a circle about the size of a hula hoop by alternating between two of the the ways to connect them. Okay. And I did that. That's what I just saw a picture of. Could you oh. then do one 90 degrees off of that to make a sort of minimalist sphere? I don't think so, because I don't think that you can make any 90 degree angles out of that thing. There's no way to hook one to another one sideways. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was a, maybe there was a way to make a sphere. I saw some like domey things, mostly just a bunch of messes. I saw I saw a kid sit inside like a little domey thing for like half an hour and then emerge like he was some sort oh, of nice. That kid's butterfly. got a got a bright future in performance art. Yeah. <laughs> did you you weren't? I think we didn't know you at the time where our friend Dave did a performance piece at some fetish ball thing in Arizona where he had made a sort of a cocoon out of it was a giant sphere like a spherical wire or like a spherical metal assembly and inside it was suspended a cocoon made out of I'm just enthralled by this sentence so far is is that the whole thing yeah, that's it. Okay, he was, yeah, I don't, and then think, I don't over, think I knew you at the time. Over the course of several hours, he emerged from it, and that was the performance. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. Like, and he was naked, I think. So, so like, you, I don't have the patience <laughs> or the willingness to show my dick to people, but mostly the patience <laughs> to, to, to do that performance. I was pretty serious. He made a lot of cool stuff out of bike inner tubes. Because I guess they were cheap. He was a guy who made a lot of spheres out of things. Like, as as a sculptor. Like, he bought... Like, you just go around and buy all the spoons at all the thrift shops. And then just weld the spoons together into a, you know, three-foot sphere. Spheres are kind of his thing. Made of spoons, yeah. Is he the one that you were saving all of your bottle caps for? Yeah, for a while. And then he said to stop so he threw them all away uh-huh. cool now Emily's saving bottle caps and I I for felt the, like a for dick the eventual about this, but I kind of gave her an ultimatum I was like you know this is the second time I've been on this journey <laughs> so I'm just gonna tell you if you don't figure out something to do with these bottle caps within a year I'm just gonna start throwing away my fucking bottle caps because yep. we, we've got a bag of them on our desk here at the office they're piling up. Yep. I also played this game that I thought was called To Eve, but then I realized that it was just bad graphic design, sort of in the in the um, in the logo. Uh-huh. Uh, 
so it's to leave. Oh, yeah. Except the L is, is the negative space in the picture of a door. Uh. Uh, but it's a game. I'm actually kind of excited about this game. I don't th- think that I will buy it or play it anymore, but I want somebody else to do so to like it <laughs> because it is it is the first game that I have seen in a long time. It is like a modern like indie game that has the sort of retro aesthetic, but it has the retro aesthetic of like Lunar Lander. So you are, you can, you're, you're a guy who is hanging from a door and the door flies around. You, you can move it left and right, but only when it is in the air and you put it in the air by like delivering thrust to it with a button. So is, is the door thematically important? Well, when you land on things, the door opens and then he goes through the door and then he's in a different place and then he grabs the top of the door again and has to fly to the next place to get the door. So I don't know. I'm just thinking about like as a kid hanging from a door and the door is like kind of swinging the door with my by shifting my body weight. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if the game tries to replicate that somehow. Yeah, maybe. You don't want to close it because then it'll cut your right, fingers yeah, off like and you'll that fall could be off. The... Yeah. That could be the, That's the uh, boss. The, lo- the yeah, the lose condition is you you lose your fingers. <laughs> yeah. you the lose condition is touching any part of the level. Okay, what, right. So, what are eaves? Like eaves are on the on on houses. They yeah, are like the underside of a roof. Undersides of roofs. Yeah, the overhang of a roof is the eaves. Right. Yeah. To eave, to to blave. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Th- that is all the pictures I had from Indicade. Really? Yeah. I did not actually play... I guess I did play some other... I played Galaxy a little bit. Okay. Um, boy, oh boy, does that game have long fucking load times that... It's got lots of cutscenes. Made it so I just couldn't stand to play it anymore. Interesting. It seems like it's probably pretty cool, but... Fuck, do I not want to wait longer than I play a game to play a game. Again. I don't have the patience it's, for that. It's procedurally generated, so maybe it is actually generating a bunch of stuff in those load times. Uh, I don't know. It needs to do it on some better hardware hmm. or with some better algorithms. It's all, it's, you it's know, it's anime. It's 3D for no good reason. Is it actually 3D or is yeah. it? Yeah. Huh. People like looking at 3D. Yeah. It's a, it's a. Signifier of high production values. It, is it like because VO. it's like dogfighting yeah. though? Is it so it's like dogfighting in three dimensional space? Nope. It's 2D g- gameplay wise. It's oh, just, the gameplay it's is all 2D. just rendered in 3D. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Man, I didn't go play uh, the Strange Adventures in Infinite Space three was being demoed there, and I, I was I like, know about that. I could go up to that person and tell them how. I think they have gone completely off the fucking rails <laughs> and followed up a game that I really liked and whose sequel I really, really liked with a game that I basically can't play. What What's wrong with the sequel? They have moved it to a 3D star map, hmm. oh. rendering it impossible to navigate. What? And I mean, like, 15% of people in the Steam comments in the forums, you know, who are basically all, like, Kickstarter backers who are playing it now are like... Jesus Christ, can you please just make a 2D version? It's, like, it's generated, isn't it? It is. So they... I'm like, uh, what I, I... Like, I never do this, but I went onto the Steam forums and I was like, maybe you could just give us the option 
in the universe generation thing, generate one that's all like plane. a pancake. Yeah. Put all the stars on one plane. <clears throat> well, like, and then, like the galaxy is actually shaped like, for example. <laughs> and then you won't have wasted all of the effort that you spent making this. Oh, my God. Like, it reminds... Like, I think we've talked about this, but did you guys ever... I think I know that you haven't. The 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 multiplayer strategy game that was part of Star Control 1 no Mm-mm. which took place on a 3D starfield but it was a 3D starfield that was then tactically presented to you in a rotating star map in 320 by 240 pixels it's fucking impossible to tell what anything was or which things were close to which other things like it kind of looked cool but yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, that was a game that it was at Indie that I didn't play. I'm happy I don't regret backing the Kickstarter for Strange Adventures in Infinite Space 3, because I really, really, really like the first two, and what I would really like is a, is a version of the second one that just had a higher budget, which is what I thought I was doing. I, I bet someone will mod that game within a day to have... The thing that, that yeah. I want. Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet that's actually a really easy tweak to level generator. Now, Now, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, Axiom Verge. Oh, yeah. I am pretty excited yeah, about it. I didn't cool. actually play that, but I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's I, that's what I want, and I want that now. Yeah. What is that? I hope it's good. It's just basically like a Super Metroid yeah. clone. Yeah. It looks it looks exactly like what I want though. Yeah, that's interesting. I I remember when Shadow Complex came out. Mm. Um, that was the only Super Metroid clone I could think of, I I knew about that had been released in like ten years. I couldn't think of another one. And mm. nowadays I can think of probably a dozen that are all like in development, probably going to be released around the same time. So I think like the, I mean, you wouldn't say that like symphony of the night was, uh, it's, it's definitely like in the same ballpark. Um, but symphony of the night had like, has a bunch of extra stuff. It has a lot of text in it. Had a lot Um, of like RPG elements and the RPG stuff is what I'm thinking of. Like the the focus on the rare drops and the leveling up. Yeah. Um, but more important than that for me personally is like how much text there is in that game. You're just talking to people all the time. Wait, in, really? In in Symphony of the Night, I, I remember I don't think there being that much text in it. I, I could be I could be like playing it up in my head, but I remember like just running into people and having cutscenes. What text there is is dumb as fuck. So it <laughs> yeah. might loom large and in that, your mind by virtue of it part being of it. really really bad. And also like also when I think of Metroid, I mean I played Super Metroid, but. Um, the original Metroid looms much larger in my head than Super Metroid does. So when I think of Metroid, I think of that game, which had almost no text in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was just like solitary exploration, which is what I want out of that sort of game. Yeah. The feeling of like you're exploring this dead place um, and you never meet anybody and it's very lonely. Um, As opposed to a castle full of skeletons. Uh, and and skeleton, Yeah. I mean, that's a separate thing for me. Like, I, I, I hate fantasy tropes. Like, I just tend to, t- tend to not like that stuff. Uh, but that's, 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 um, a very different aspect of, of my, my perception of these things than, than what I was just talking about. I played Shadow Complex up until I think I got to the, like, 
countdown where you have to leave the complex in order to survive and get the ending after beating the boss and I could just never get out so I just walked away from it yeah so like I basically I basically played the entire game but didn't technically beat it yeah and what I was getting at by bringing that up was that I think back then Shadow Complex actually probably wasn't that good and just got a lot of people interested because it was the only thing like Super Metroid for a while yeah the only thing that scratched that particular itch exactly yeah and um what else are you aware of that's coming out now? I'm thinking of um, Chasm. I'm thinking mm. of there was a game. Chasm feels different to me because it is procedurally generated. Levels. Oh yeah, that's 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 and, true. That's a different thing. It's a little more and, RPG than Metroid Two. Yeah, I have not been super enthusiastic about what I've seen out of Chasm. Really? Either. Yeah, it looks really nice, but it I don't like the way that it plays and hmm. its level generation. It seems like it is procedurally generated in the same way that Rogue Legacy yeah, was the, procedurally like connected generated, which was just <clears throat> dull to mm-hmm. me. Like it didn't, it didn't use that in a way that allowed it to gain anything from it. Hmm. Um, and I don't exactly know what the difference is. Like it was just a, a set of encounters that were connected randomly as opposed to environments that were actually created according to algorithms that would do stuff that a person wouldn't do the way that the way that like spelunky is yeah like spelunky just was like oh well okay there's this whole area that's completely walled off and i can see some stuff in there but i don't have enough bombs to get to it so i guess whatever but that's actually interesting and that's what's interesting about it is that it will create things that a person wouldn't create whereas rogue legacy it just it's just choosing the order in which you are experiencing the same eight things. Even, like, I kind of feel like... The only reason that I feel like the procedural generation of the levels in The Binding of Isaac is meaningful is because there are so many more things that can be there than are there. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that game has so much stuff in it. Yeah. That, that the selection and the configure Like... The way the level is laid out is kind of meaningless because once you've cleared a room, the room is no longer at all of a threat, right? And you can always just go back to it. And so after you beat the boss, there's this kind of tedious, like, all right, I guess I'll go back and shoot all the turds and I guess I'll go back and put out all the fires and I guess I'll go back and like make sure there weren't any unexplored rooms, which is actually fun because um, then you might have to fight some dudes. Um, but the fact that you know, sometimes there aren't enough resources to go into both of these areas. Yeah. So yeah. you got to pick one. Have you make uh, that judgment call based on what you know? Have you played the new one yet? Rebirth. Yeah, I'm about yeah I, six hours in. I don't want to talk about it this week. I want to wait. No, no I yeah, wanted to definitely. talk about it. No, I, you can talk about it. I, I just, just I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to say. I don't want to talk about my feelings about it yet because I want to make sure that they're fully formed. But no, what do you? Yeah. What do you think, I, I, well, I'm. Go on. Oh, go go ahead. Okay, I'm I'm like two hours in, so I'm sure my feelings are. Well, it's funny because I I feel like my feelings are pretty fully formed, and they are that. Um, I'm really frustrated by the remake. I'm really like. Um. So I I, I tweeted recently. Um, that it looks like the new art is just the old art except rasterized at a low resolution. So they took the vector art, and I don't think this is literally true, but it's what it feels like to me. Hmm. Um, and so I don't think the I don't think Edmund McMillan's art style blends works very well as a pixel art style. 
Um, so I think it's uglier than it was before. I think the music is way worse. They got new people to do that. Yeah, yeah I don't think the music is. Good. I don't think the music is bad. I just no, think it's like it's you replaced you replaced good music with music that I can't. Uh, like all day, today and yesterday, I was humming the old music <laughs> yeah. from The Binding of Isaac because I was thinking about The Binding of Isaac. Yep. And so Danny Baranowski's soundtrack is is in my head. I couldn't fucking tell you anything. Like, I don't know what any of the new music sounds like because it's just it's just whatever. Like, it's there. It's just, like, it's, adequate. It's ambient, right? It's, I actually, it's ambient I had a glitch at one point where the music just stopped playing. <laughs> and just everything yeah. was silent. And that was a <laughs> yeah, little yeah. weird. I wasn't sure if it was I, deliberate or not. I like the new art, actually. Okay. Yeah, because it, it, like, there is, there is so much environmental stuff that they can do that they couldn't do in Flash that I think is actually used to really great effect. What are you thinking of? Um, there's a lot of just like fog and stuff as you get mm-hmm. lower down. The, the sort of like, uh, like, uh, like looking through a looking through a, a blood vessel overlay that you yeah. get in the womb, I think is really effective. Yeah. Like, why couldn't you have done that in Flash? Uh, I, it, I don't that, think that it handles game, like a full screen transparent overlays. Yeah, that super game already had like sir, it was I mean, really pushing it. Well, okay, so the, you were limited by the Flash engine, but you weren't limited by a vector format in. In- oh no, no, certain, but, certainly. No, it was technical limitation. It was that the the Flash game because it was software rendered. Right. It was already chugging on most computers. Sure, sure. It it and it capped out at thirty hertz, and that is actually the big the 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 one actual improvement I can think of in the new game is that now it's very smooth. But they could. I mean, there's no reason that it had to have been pixel art instead of vector art, though, right? Well, right. Nothing uses vector art. Though. Oh, the, the Flash game actually was vector. No, 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 nothing like, except Flash uses right. vector art. This is what I'm saying. Like, no, yeah. you don't make a modern 2D game using vector art. You, or you, you're, you might use a vector art tool, but then you, yeah, but then you, you, you rasterize it to, to put out into the thing. Like that, nothing, nothing is native vector like that anymore. And I think largely because of the limitations of vector art, generally, right? I mean, like it. You, I'm not saying that this one does look better, but I'm saying that it can look better. Um. The other thing that I wanted to bring up was that the thing that I think they most needed to fix from the original game was the controls, which were just really sloppy. Um, and as far as I could tell, stemming directly from... I mean, the thought process, as far as I could tell, was uh, it's Flash, so we can't have a gamepad. It has to be uh, digital controls. Uh, we want you to be able to shoot diagonally, but if you push too many keys at once, sometimes they don't register, so we can't have you both walking and shooting diagonally because that's too many keys. So to have you shoot diagonally, we need to have your shots Your bullets be, keep the momentum. Keep your the... momentum, right. And then I that, like that a lot. Yeah. I, I think that... The, I think that could be good. Like, but I can't... But I don't know how, and it in this case I don't think it was. I hate twin stick shooters where you're you've got an analog stick hmm. that you're shooting with. Like I am so so fucking glad that they didn't make the remake into that because I would have just had zero interest in playing it at all. Like 
I very much like that you are limited to shooting in the cardinal directions, and I very much like the affordances that they made just using the sort of physics of the way that the the projectiles work mm. to be able to like shoot around corners and diagonally in a in a. How do you feel way. about Robotron? Like the original Robotron? Yeah, I really really like it a lot. So what if they? Let you shoot but I guess you can like shoot that. diagonally in Robotron. I mean, right. you can shoot diagonally in Robotron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but would would that? But be it's still quantum. Like so, so I feel like like I like Robotron a lot. I, Geometry Wars is just fucking impossible for me. Sure, like I can just never sure. hit anything. So I I in think Geometry that Wars, so that's if they had Robotron style controls, meaning no inertia on your player. And then you could shoot diagonally. I think that would be a vast improvement over what we have now. Yeah. And I don't so I mean, you're just your your argument is that you can't reliably hit like WD up and left at the same time That's on my the keyboard, and so they they just don't. They didn't allow diagonal shooting for that reason. I thought most yeah. it, most keyboards could do four keys at once, but maybe it, not. it depends on. It's not guaranteed. It depends to be on any which four, keys, right? Yeah. It's I nice. also it it really felt like a choice to me and not and not like a restriction of the thing. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I mean, I, I think that Nicholas agreed with you, the developer. I mean, the, the developer of the port. Um, I think they made the decision that this is an integral part of the game. And so we have to do it this way. Um, yeah, just because that's what the original binding of Isaac fan yeah. base is used to and and is expected yeah yeah but i always like i loved binding of isaac but i loved it despite hating the control scheme mm-hmm. um and i got good at it but never like i good at i got good at at playing the game in that control scheme but i still hated the control scheme you know mm-hmm. so and i guess Time will tell whether or not I, I feel like, I, I feel like at the time I had with that game, um, I think I've already gotten everything out of it that I could, that I can probably, like, because I, I spent a lot of time in that world and then I had, I know I have spent my time in it and I wanted to go back to it and have a good reason to for the remake, but the remake isn't really giving me a reason to. Um, there's new stuff in it, but it doesn't feel, like, but I feel like it's presented in a way that's less satisfying. Hmm. And I'm just talking about the art and the music now. Um, hmm. And so I think that most likely a new player will, I don't think, you know, I don't think they ruined it. Right. I think a new player could enjoy it in the same way that I enjoyed the original game. Yeah, And and probably they will have a better crafted experience in front of them because of I'm assuming changes in the way that things unlocked that made it that made it paced a little more yeah, deliberately. Yeah, and, and, oh, and, and, and this is actually a significant change. Um, the Wrath of the Lamb expansion that happened like six months after the first game was released, um, I think that actually fucked up the balance of the first game a lot. I think it made it way harder in a way that wasn't yeah, yeah definitely that was bad for the game. And so, like, when I Suggest when I would like tell new players to try the game, I would say be don't, sure don't get not, the expansion. Don't get the expansion because you can't uninstall it. Yeah, right. Um, because like I, I I could play the expansion because I had already the experience yeah. of spending a hundred yeah. hours. No, and so did so did the target audience for yes. that expansion. Right, yes. that was the thing. But and, and I mean this. So I think what this what this remake did was allowed them to all right. 
let's take all of these ideas yeah. and instead of like a thing that was tacked onto a thing that we spent a little bit of time on and is is technically a nightmare let's take all of these ideas and present them the way that we would present them if we had a year to work on a game yeah and and i think that that's probably going to be great for people yeah i, I wonder I wonder how tainted the experience of an experienced original Binding of Isaac player is of playing the remake because, like, you know, I I beat Mom's second game. Yeah. Like, and so I didn't actually get those several hours of playing with just the stuff that is available before you've beaten Mom yep. that, a, that a new person is going to get. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I bet it would have been a little better. Like, something that I kind of don't, I said I wasn't going to talk about this until I played it more, but I, I think that I am pretty confident that I don't like the hard versions of the levels that. Oh, is that the hard difficulty level? Wrath of the Lamb? No. It's the, the stuff that Wrath of the Lamb introduced where instead of, instead of, uh, basement, you get cellar, and right, instead yeah. of caves, you get catacombs. I don't like that that is part of the random structure of this, is that in the same way that I kind of don't like the dark levels on Spelunky, sure. I can tolerate yeah. that, but the difference in difficulty between a game of Spelunky that has a dark level and a game of Spelunky that doesn't is an order of magnitude. But why does that matter when you're going to be playing through it a dozen times in an hour? Well, but you're not because a game of the Binding of Isaac takes 45 minutes once you're good at it. Yeah. Right. Which is, uh, but those, I, like, I wish that those hard versions existed, but were always there or it was toggleable. Yep. I, I, what I don't like is that like, all right. I'm going to play a game of The Binding of Isaac, and I don't know if I'm going to get zero of these or eight of these, and they make a huge difference. Every single one of them that is there, instead yeah. of their counterpart, and makes a huge difference in the experience that I'm going to have. And notably, like, that game is so much about the luck of the draw anyway that I think you could make the argument that that's just part of it. Like, what items you get plays a huge part in how easy sure. the game is. But, but, but that also, feels like a fun way of doing yeah. that. I agree. I agree. I I don't. Maybe the whole game should normally be dark, and <laughs> there is a hard lit there is a hard mode yeah. this time around that I haven't messed with. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what there is in there to to seek out. Like I've I've played through some of the challenges, and those are pretty fun. They just start you with a specific loadout. Hmm. Sometimes it's a really powerful, really interesting loadout, and that's cool. Like, I don't know, see what the game would be like if I happen to get these three items that work together in a really interesting way. Um you know, so those are those are cool. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I've played 6 hours of it in the last 36 hours so like <laughs> there is at least a compulsion I stopped playing the original when I found out that the remake was going to be a thing oh, like yeah. I didn't ever actually like plumb the depths of like I think that I quit before a patch that introduced another couple levels hmm. like I never did I, I don't know what people are talking about when they talk about the chest yeah for instance which was like, uh, I guess, another set of levels that happened after 
whatever was the end when I quit. Yeah, I I probably opened that chest 30 times. Sure. So, so yeah, no, I, I did plumb the depths. Um, I thought, and I thought that was Wrath of the Lamb. Um, I, th- I think it might have been either either it hadn't been discovered by the time I stopped playing after Wrath, or it was patched in. Could be, yeah. But yeah, Binding of Isaac. Yeah, and, and I was obsessed with the original game. I, I was just, I was really into the aesthetics and the world building. I thought it was really, really well done, and I'm just so, I don't know. I don't understand why you redid the music. Like, I just don't understand why you would do that. Yeah. Um, like, the music, like, you didn't even need to touch it. You could, it could yeah, have you been exactly done, the You same could have music. done nothing and it would have yeah. been better yeah. than, I, like, I just, I don't, like, was it, at the, like, did he have a falling out with Danny Baranowski and I, I, didn't, I, like, did, did he get priced out of licensing the same music for another project? Like, yeah. It, I, if you look at uh, the blog, it's pretty clear that he did have a falling out with Danny Baranowski. Mm. Um, mm. I don't know what... I, I guess maybe... I, I don't know the details, though. I don't know that, like I don't know why that would lead to this game having shitty music. Um, Again, it's not shitty music. No, you're it's right. Just... You're right. It's not. It's just not the music that I like and want to hear. Anyway, mm-hmm. so well, you played that at Indicade. What, what I, I did. actually what I was gonna uh, what I was gonna mention before why I brought up uh, Rebirth is uh, you were talking about how the rooms are inconsequential once you've cleared them, but Rebirth introduces several room types that remain dangerous even after you've beaten the monsters. Yeah, that's true. The ones with the the thing, the spike things that track yeah, around, like and those the, those the heads guys, that continue yeah. to shoot, and the vacuum yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah, having to traverse a room with a bunch of spikes, like the ones where it's like, all right, well, you just have to be careful or go slow. That isn't. Yeah, that's not the best. That's like it's also its own kind of bad. <laughs> um, yeah, and also I, in in the original Binding of Isaac, I, one of the problems with it was that. Sometimes you want it, like, right before taking on the boss, you're like, oh, I should go buy something from the shop that's, like, 20 rooms away. Right. And you just spend a minute or two minutes, like, going there and back. Um, And then there was... Sometimes the optimal way to play is spend 150 pennies in the arcade. Yeah. (laughs) If your luck is high enough. Yeah. That, yeah. Then it becomes a foregone conclusion that you should just do the same thing over and over and over again in the arcade, which is fun. Sort of, kind of, sort of, yeah. There's sort a of. lot of new arcade machines and stuff, too. Yeah, I still haven't figured out the one where you put money in, and then after a while, the display breaks. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It unlocks a bunch of stuff. Like, it's just like a donation thing in stores, right? And at 10, you unlock something. At 20, it adds a third item to every store. Like, the... When you start the game, every store only has two items. And then once you've donated $20, 20 cents to that thing, then every store has three items. And I don't know if there's further things or if... Because it was like, you've unlocked store upgrade level one. Like, huh, "Huh, okay. So I guess store upgrades are a thing. I got... I've put like 60 or 70 coins into that thing and gotten four unlocks. 
So it continues to be a thing like Wait, is that saved? Is that like Yeah, a- yeah, no, it's it persists. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, like if you if you put 5 in and then the next time you go into a game and you find one there it's still at 5. So the save is just there. So when the display breaks that means you can't You can't put it anymore this game. This game. Okay, yeah. that's actually really interesting. Yeah, it stops you like I think it limits you to 40 per game so you can't just like find that thing after you've gotten the dollar out of it. I mean, I was I was it was breaking when I put 2 in. Hmm. Um, maybe it's random. Maybe it let me put like forty in in one game. Uh, you play it, as Kane though, so you have higher luck. Oh yeah, okay, that might be it. Yeah, I've been trying not to only play as Kane. It's just so everything about everything that it's good about Kane is more important than everything that's good about every other character. <laughs> <laughs> Although Riff, you play as Magdalene, right? Uh, I haven't unlocked Magdalene yet. I I used to play as Magdalene on the original. I don't remember what my reasoning was. It's been a that while. That was just a like a more health character. Right? More health, so, but yeah. slow and too slow to avoid a lot of the, like too slow for my muscle memory to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't heard any recent news about them. I wonder what their, their uh, Boston Dynamics most recent terrifying thing is. Well, they're all Google now, right? So yeah. yeah. Well, specifically, what I had heard, and I was telling Zach and Kevin this over dinner, was that um, what I had heard is that Google bought them and then canceled their contracts with DARPA. Huh. So they're not doing military work anymore. Surely they're still doing robots of some stripe, though. Uh, no doubt. Maybe they've gotten moved into the self-driving car stuff. Although no, I, that's that plausible, yeah, possible. But no, the, they they did a whole so robotics... much like of the mechanical stuff. It seems it would be weird to give that up. There's a whole robotics division here in San Francisco now. So, do we know what they're doing? The nope. <laughs> I have a friend who's working on in there, but he can't tell me what they're. Yeah, it's like on. right there. It's, it's like, like in between here and our apartment. It's in an old organ factory. Yeah. Yeah, we could go peer in the windows. I'm guessing we could go that, that right now. I'm we guessing that, like, that Google the... can afford curtains. Um, <laughs> I'm also guessing we're talking about Google. I I'm... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, just do they also have robots. a division, a biological division that's working on realistic human skin? Bio warfare. Mm. And uh time travel. Yeah. 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 Time travel yep. spheres. Uh They've got the cubes going, but they want spheres. Yeah. Because that was what was in the movie. It just looks cooler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you guys talking about the news? Were you talking about robots news? No. I didn't see anything in the news except that apparently everybody's really excited that uh, Majora's Mask is being reissued yeah. on the 3DS. Yep. So a whole new generation of people can hate that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I, that Majora's Mask I'm, is the game that I've been stopping myself from watching Let's Plays of it because I anticipated that this was going to happen. I remember hating it. I'm going to play it again. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to buy it. I, You know, I remember loving Ocarina of Time, and then I bought the Ocarina of Time remake on the 3DS, and I was really excited about it, and then I played it for like a half an hour, and I was like, I can't fucking deal with these graphics. Like, Oh, interesting. Ocarina of Time is one of the only games that I have ever gone back to and then been like so put off by how it looked hmm. that... Well, and, could, the, and the remake was su- substantially better. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was higher res. I, I right, I don't they, know that they, it was. It wasn't like the art, models. Too. It wasn't no, they, art directed better, did they? Uh, 
uh, I'm sure the art direction was about the same. Yeah, no, the, the, the models were higher poly count, etc. Um, I remember it looking acceptable. I remember it basically like looking at what, looking like what my memory was, which is never what it actually is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, was, my, my, I, my problem with Ocarina of Time going back to it was just the same, the same as my problem with every other Zelda game now, which is that everybody talks way too much and tells you how to play the game when I already know how to play the game. And maybe the reason I that didn't bother me at the time was that I actually didn't know how to play the game back then. Yeah. I mean, Ocarina of Time is basically the game that taught me how to play a 3D game. There you go. Right. And, like, people talk shit about Z-targeting, but Z-targeting is the thing that made it possible to play that game. Yeah, agreed. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just remember being... And I think that there's a part of me that wants to believe that my sort of sensibilities as a as a consumer of and thinker about video games have matured in the intervening years since the first time I played Majora's Mask. But, like, there is nothing fucking fun about losing all of your bombs every... 45 minutes like oh yeah there's just nothing fun about that like what, how, why do you lose your bombs because the game plays on like a 45 minute cycle because yeah, it's like you start groundhog playing like 45 day. minutes before the world ends and you're doing this groundhog day thing where you're just slowly piecing together this notebook that has all of these different timelines where all of these people are going to be at specific times and stuff to try to you know make everything okay except for the longest time you lose all of your fucking bombs and money and arrows and everything every time it resets so hmm. it's like okay well i spent i spent 4 minutes farming bombs by cutting down grass so now i have bombs oh nope now i don't have any bombs anymore i guess i'll spend 10% of the next cycle also doing that fuck that I think eventually yeah. you get a thing that lets you keep some of that shit, but I wonder come if coming from that coming to that from like a a roguelike with some state perspective, like playing Rogue Legacy and then going to Majora's Mask. I wonder if that would be more palatable. If it would feel better, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Anybody else have any news? Did you want to talk about Unity? Yeah, let's talk about Unity. Got a new CEO. Yeah, Unity. So their old CEO was saying things like, I don't want to sell Unity. And then they replaced him with John Riccatello, who, if you go back over his career, his highlight is selling Pandemic to EA for $800 million. Um, And then if you talk to people who have talked to people who work at Unity, the scuttlebutt is that they the investors really want an exit. Um. So yeah, it looks like they're going and to be going. The, doing, the only exit is a sale, right? Like or an IPO. Yeah. Um. So where is Unity even based? Are they even in that? I don't States? know. I think so. Huh. But I don't know where they are. So that's a thing. What are you as a as a as a Unity developer? Are you a Unity developer? Do you yeah, have things in Unity? I would say that. Yeah. Well, that's that's the, that's been the question, right? Is that I've been I've been using Unity for a few months now in a serious way, and this was actually one of the things that made me question whether I should be using Unity because basically because I'm not sure how the instability affects the, pu- the future of the platform, right? I don't think it's likely that I'd end up being screwed over, but it is something that worries me. And, you know, they've, they've paid lip service to stability to like, they're not going to, 
they're not going to screw people over, but I that it's not up to them, right? It's up to the people they sell to. So who would even buy Unity? I I would imagine it would be the one of the major platform holders, right? Google. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, maybe Google maybe. or Amazon. Google would leave it alone, I think. Probably, yeah. Because Google well, doesn't have it. Google all the DARPA have contracts, it. though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You wouldn't be able to use uh, Unity to make the next America's Army <laughs> or or murder drone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think most uh, given given that the power of Unity is well, there's the editor, and then there's the like it's it's openness. I don't. I think that's. I think most people would leave it, leave it alone. Most purchasers would. I think that's just the nature of what this sort of thing is and what they would want it for. Um, I mean, the asset store kind of becomes the revenue stream for whoever owns it, right? I mean, that's got to well, be that making more, licenses. It's got to be making more money than the licenses, though. Yeah, I wonder. Like, because I'm guessing that there are a lot of people who get the free version of Unity, think they're going to make a game, buy forty dollars worth of assets from there, there was a the store and there was an asset store sale recently and I was looking at this thing and there's like, oh here's a three dollar plug in and I was just it it felt exactly like a Steam sale where I'm gonna load my cart up with asset with plugins I'll never use and and just have like a backlog. Huh. Um I I did I bought one of those. <laughs> What what was it? What kind of plugin? It was a plugin that um, it reads live data out of a Google Doc spreadsheet. Okay. And so, if you want to be updating things in real time while people are playing your game, hmm. Well, so while while the game is live, it will read stuff out of a, da- out of a spreadsheet. I, presumably, yeah. I mean, you pr- presumably oh. you would have to like tell it to refresh occasionally. So That's you could crazy. So yeah. you, you have could to have tell it to authenticate. Like, do you? Oh, uh, you can. You can have a link on a Google Sheet that will say anybody can read oh, the sheet okay. data from this link. Okay. Yeah, so so you could open the the Google Doc to public editing and have Oh, that you could do that too, but that's uh, not that, what we're talking about. But that would be awesome. Like yeah, just kind of would go be, here it? to determine what all of the NPCs in this game say to you. <laughs> I like that a lot actually. Mm. Oh man. Actually, it's about ethics in games journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm writing that down. Hang on, you, you guys talk while I do this. You're writing down that it's about ethics in games. Yes, journalism. exactly. Okay. That's that's going to go into Frog Fractions too. Okay, Yay! good. Good. You mean that already went into Frog oh, Fractions oh, two yeah. nine months ago when it was released? Of course, as yes. infamous Second Son. <laughs> So this assignment, yeah, costume, costume quest two, quest two. I suffered through the entire thing because I was sure, I was sure that Kevin, you would bounce off of it right away and not have played it at all. And I oh, wanted yeah. to show you up, and you fucking beat it. You played all the way through. I did play. Gosh. I got, I got all the costumes. Played every drop. I, I did not get whatever the last obscure ass costume was. Yep. I did not hate this game, but boy, did I hate a lot of things about it. It's really repetitive. I, I played probably about halfway through it before I decided that I wasn't going to see anything new if I kept going. 
That's not entirely true. Yeah, that never really becomes true. Huh. There are there are new things all the way to the end. Basically. It definitely like the first hour of that game, it it does not put its best foot forward at all because the first seven or eight fights in the game are with the same enemy. Yeah, and that that's about how much of the game I played. I remembered the um the assignment idea, the concept of the assignment like three hours ago before recording this so i went and played for an hour so that's that's how much i saw and yeah it felt like oh this is this is more costume quest that's fine yeah it gets way less repetitive after you've flushed out all the houses in that swamp town though it like the second the second zone their time area just felt pretty much i mean it was graphically much more interesting but you weren't doing anything different i mean the cards are a fundamentally different. The cards way of are neat. The, the card, the cards are a really I, interesting upgrade over Costume Quest One. Certainly, I didn't realize until two thirds of the way through the game that they weren't consumed when you used them. Yeah, I was so really nervous I was about not using messing them with them on. at all. They just have a cooldown, which is really annoying. Because the optimal way to play is to then swap, swap them out. out cards yeah. after every yeah. fucking fight. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Except that the optimal way to play is most of the time to not use the cards because yeah. the cards don't actually let you finish the fucking fights any faster. Like, sure, some of them do. Some of them are just win the fight. Well, okay, later on. Sure. Like, and there are some that are just like kill a guy, but there's, Jesus, there's one Christ, that's literally like, kill th- all three dudes. The fights were sure the peanut butter cluster. Yeah. The, uh, I don't. I mean, I never got that one. In oh, okay. my playthrough, so it I, I assumed that that was like a late game one. Yeah, yeah. The pacing, I I intended to go back and play some of the earlier fights to see if it was possible to lose. I don't think that it is. I lost, I think, the very first fight. So I'm pretty sure that you can lose. I uh, came within one hit point of losing, um... And I thought I should, so that was actually one one thing that made me wonder if you could lose. I think you can. What like like what do you mean by the very first fight? Like the first fight that you're in in the game. I forget which one. I mean, it's been I, a couple well, weeks right. now. So just the first like let, just this is my theory. In looking at this, I could not tell you whether it was possible to lose the first fight or not. Right, because you can't do anything other than attack or run away. Like, you could run away. You could just not... You could walk away from your computer and die of cancer, <laughs> right? But, Are you talking about the tutorial fight? Or... or it, no, the like tutorial the fr- meaning, like, the like I'm teaching you yeah, how to do the... Like, the no, the thing against the crow guy. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying, like, the first fight against enemies, I don't know if it is possible to lose. Because you can't make any bad decisions because you can't make any decisions. Like... You're not making any decisions during the fights. Like, it is just take turns doing this attack, and you can do less damage if you do a bad job of doing the timing things, but I don't know if you can lose. Like, oh, I see. So, if you were trying to lose that first fight, what would you do? Nothing. (laughs) But that's that's not the same as losing. Like... You can't like elect to do not like. Yeah, you can't. So you I, can't I I I came very turn. close to yeah. losing a fight in this game. Maybe the second fight. It might have been the first actually. It was against like the Jawa looking guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the poor decision that I made was that I didn't know about the 
the clown costume heal ability. Yeah, and so, so I, I used that like at the beginning before, to find out what it was before anybody yeah, was damaged. Y- your, you know, each of your costumes has a strength and a weakness against a particular type of enemy. So you could Those always... Were- irrelevant oh my god no they weren't you did like double damage if you did if you used the right yeah but it didn't matter because even at half damage you can't fucking lose a fight like the the first time that i ever lost a fight was against the end boss okay so here's the thing if you don't heal between fights you can easily lose a fight right Uh, yeah okay sure that's true so that very very first fight i never ever like I selected characters for the entire game based on who did the most damage so that it would get the fucking fights over faster because they were paced so slowly for no reason because I honest to God don't think that it is possible to lose the early fights if you go in with full hit points to begin with. It, I mean, no matter what character you're selecting, like I do not think that it is po- like, like, uh, like, and that might unless, be true in like Dragon Warrior One or whatever. Like, it might be impossible to lose against a blue slime or whatever, unless but, like you're actually saying like they're scripted to not be able to lose. Like your your last guy always has one hit point left. I can tell you that it is possible to lose because, like, on my second fight, it ended with me having but one. Did hit point you left. did you heal between the first and the second fight? Uh, yes, because I know that I wasted a heal by using it at the mm. very beginning of the fight. No, I mean, did you go back to the fountain and get all of your hit points back the way that you're told to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh. I'm, I'm, but and I, I, well, I know this because I started the fight with max health. Okay. And I know I started the fa- fight with max health that I noticed because I noticed that when I used the heal ability at the very beginning as my first move, it was wasted. Um. And right, so that's that is one way in which you can be suboptimal is to well use your but, abilities, but morally, right? But, right, but I like, like, there more, was never any reason to use any ability other than the abilities that did the most damage because they just got the fight over with faster. I so I would regularly stun enemies if I could, and mm-hmm. with what? With cards and stuff mm-hmm. like. Right, because that's using a card is a weird trade-off, right? Because you're wasting a round of combat to do something to get that effect, yeah, to get well, that effect and with the, idea the that, like, you can't sweet animation because, of the pterodactyl throwing like, up I, the card on the ground, which I loved. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Because I, I, again, I didn't lose, but I did a bunch of the quick time events properly, and if I hadn't, I'm certain that I would have lost, unless it is literally impossible to lose. Huh. Um, and so no, I, mean, I, I, I presume I, that's, I'm just not like, saying that they like put in a thing, like if lose yeah, yeah, yeah. continue. So I'm sa- like, I'm saying that if in you're those- super unlucky and the candy corn isn't, doesn't draw off all the attacks, I think it's, I think it would be more likely that you would lose. Right. Cause like sometimes the, they don't attack the candy corn. And in those cases you, you take a lot of damage and you could be finished off pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that's not good gameplay, though. But, but yeah, my, I mean, my, that's my argument is that it, like, my, I don't feel like if you're going to make me fight the same set of enemies seven times, that I should have to attack each of them four times in order to win the fight. When you say the same set of enemies, do you mean, like, the same pointy time 
Oh, right. But there were guys. three different kinds of those guys. Right. But they did not behave any differently from one another in any way that was meaningful to gameplay. Yeah. Some of them had spells that screwed you up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, some of them would poison you versus uh, some that would, like, hit maybe hit multiple enemies, hit multiple dudes. I, I'm forgetting, like, there were definitely ways in which you would want to prioritize one over the other. But there was nothing that you had to react to, really. Like, and the the whole, like, weakness, even, even if the, like, strengths and weaknesses against specific kinds of enemies was it? Did you like, just ignore that entirely? Yes. Wow. Because it was, it was like, because you couldn't fucking tell from looking at a guy what his alignment was. Well, really? You didn't know what your next fucking fight was going to be. Like, all of your ability to prepare for fights would be contingent on you ever knowing what was coming next. I just always had and, one guy that was strong against each of the three things in my party. And then I would always just, tar- like, target them correctly so that I was doing normal or, or, above average damage I mean if you always pick the guys that do the most damage no matter what the guys whose focus is just dealing damage sure then you just win every fucking fight without ever being in any danger like I would say that I lost individual party members maybe two or three times over the course of the entire game and I lost one fight and it was the end boss fight I ran away from the end boss fight a couple times because I thought I had accidentally gone in dressed as the goddamn candy corn. But no, it turns out that's just a joke. It just swaps your main character into the fucking candy corn suit for the boss fight. For no reason. There is an interaction that That can happen. (laughs) Man, Um, that candy corn joke wore out its fucking welcome fast. Well, you can switch it out, right? You could just not. Eventually, be the candy yeah. you can, yeah, but you, you, don't you have, have to. You have to see first. probably thirty or forty rounds of the one-liner jokes. And I appreciate that somebody went to the effort. Pre-order of, the game because you, the first time you get to a shopkeeper, you can buy four additional outfits for five candies each. If you pre-ordered, I did not pre-order. Okay, so you like that? That that was a different thing for me then because I. So you had two useful party members from the outset. Basically, yeah. Huh. huh. What were the four costumes? They were all from Can- Custom Quest 1. So oh. there's the... Statue of Liberty? No, there was the... Um... Robot? Abraham <laughs> Lincoln? There might have been the robot. There was uh, the Jack Lantern one. Um, hmm. Maybe the Unicorn one? Or is that from this one? I forget. I don't know. This I don't remember. It, it was a couple weeks ago now. This which one had a hot played. dog Cerberus. That was pretty. Yeah, good. that was pretty good. Except it was fucking useless. It was powerless. It was it was weaker than I was hoping, but yeah. It I mean it attacked all the enemies. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, but it did it did a shitty. Thomas job Jefferson was awesome. Thomas Jefferson to, is the best character. I used him all the time <laughs> because he does the most damage. Uh, the werewolf, you would think, but no. Trying to remember who which three I used. I I always used. I think I used the the um crap the jack o' lantern guy, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, a I didn't lot. even have the jack o' lantern. Well, that guy. was because that was one of the ones from the I know. thing. I used I used Thomas Jefferson, the werewolf, and I think the wizard because the wizard, the wizard was good. The yeah, wizard had a fairly wolf. good attack, but then also did splash damage to the other guys, so yeah. would maybe make it mm. take less time. So you were you you were optimizing for short battles because you found the, the combats 
just yes. annoying. Uh, insufferable. I didn't know that you could skip the intro the cinematics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, Which that made it a lot probably easier. added an hour to my playthrough. How long is the game? I beat it Six in 28 hours. hours because I accidentally left it oh, on for say. like oh. an entire day. Six, I think six to eight hours, depending on how, yeah, okay. how much you hours. explore. I, I feel like this is a thing that happens a lot in game development is that a designer will come up with a system that is interesting and then through playtests discover that either it people are finding it too hard to be fun or it's just not interesting enough to sustain the game and they just make the game easy enough that the system is just irrelevant. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it just listening to your respective reactions to this, that seems like what, ha- what happened here. And I think this is something that happens to double fine specifically a lot because they're, their strong point is not their systems. It is their aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely so felt I, like the difficulty was being pitched towards children. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that like, this might just be a kid's game, right? In which case eh, I'd have maybe well, liked the, the, a hard the, mode toggle to begin with. But. Yeah, maybe. Um, also, you know, kids love turn-based they, JRPGs. They, <laughs> well, that, that's adding actually, more and more complexity to the fights though, which was kind of interesting, right? Like the ability to, to do a double hit, the ability to do a, yeah, a, like a the counters counter, yeah, the counters. I don't know if I like that system really. It saying that this is like there's two there's two things. One is that Double Fine is good at the aesthetics of a thing, but this game to me fails on a really fundamental level to sort of deliver on the promise of that aesthetic. Like if you are making a game about trick or treating, like that needs to be a game that is about variety because trick or treating is about going to a lot of different places, getting a lot of different things, seeing a lot of people dressed as a lot of different things. Like, Halloween would not be fun for kids if it was the day where everyone dressed up like Darth Vader and then went to the doors of all of the apartments in this one building and got a single green sweet tart from each (laughs) of those apartments. How did you feel about the first costume quest? I played like half of it. Yeah. I got to the mall and you feel the same of, way like kind it of was just too wandered repetitive. away from it. Yeah, it was too repetitive. Like yeah. it, this is this is a game who the entirety of the sort of mood that it is trying to evoke is one that is just being conspicuously failed to be served by the actual gameplay. I wonder if you would have liked the uh, DLC to the first custom quest. What did it do? Um it was just basically one big area divided into three smaller chunks. Um, but it had like some interesting puzzle content to it. And like, I don't know. It, it was just, it was just pleasant in a way that I feel like they figured out sort of the core loop and just tightened it and then added some extra cool features to it. There were another couple things that struck me as very double fine failures of this too, where one of which was. Eh, one of which is not really. One of which is every time I felt like I had found some optional out-of-the-way thing, it turned out to just be required later. Huh. Like... Like what? Eh, like... Oh, like getting the 
I, I, I did all the prerequisites for the boat before I actually got the boat. Yeah. But yeah, like, I thought, oh, there's this little side quest about me honking on a clown horn, but then it's yeah. like, nope, turns out you have to do that to move on. Right. You just didn't know about it yet. I did everything in the, like, dystopian city before talking to the guy to get the quest to trick-or-treat there. Oh, jeez. S- right? So I spent forever just fucking around, like, wow, this game got different. But then it's like, oh, nope, it didn't actually. Like, I just did things in the wrong order. Hmm. There were so many times where I was just like, and this felt like hack and slash to me, where I was like, okay, well, the thing you're supposed to do next is go see Joe again and tell him you got his handjob brochure. Like, all right, well, I don't remember where Joe is, so I guess I'll just go fucking everywhere again. And that was, like, the solution to every puzzle, is just go fucking everywhere until you find whatever the fuck it is that they're talking about. So you're like, saying your the, lack of reading and memory comprehension, you know, your reading comprehension yeah, and memory It was is- the lack of remembering, like, oh, go go tell Joe that you found this thing. Like, All right, which one of the four guys that I met yesterday when I played this video game was Joe? I don't know. Also, hey, here's a map. You want to know where you are on the map? Fuck you! That's where you are on this map. Like, you want to know, like, what any of the things on this map mean? Fuck you. That's what any of them mean. Wow. Like, I wish there was no map. Those maps were so fucking useless. Jeez. I did not I did not find that to be the case, but... No, yeah. I, I felt like the geography was, was, was uh, you know, distinctive enough that you could tell where you were on the map by what you were seeing on your screen. That downtown where it was just two maps overlaid on top of each other, like there was the rooftop version of the map and then the street version of the map. That one was pretty cool. Yeah. That one, I definitely went around. Like, also, like, oh, if you want to traverse from the left side of this map to the other, get ready to go into this, like, bullshit costume-changing menu, like, 40 times so that you can swap back and forth between the activatable, like, overworld traversal abilities. Like, maybe, once I've got the goddamn Pharaoh costume, just let me go down fucking zip lines. Like, don't make me, like, in a way that I constantly ended up in fights where somebody was the fucking clown again because I hit the wrong button when I was trying to swap the main character back to whatever, like, at least in this one. I feel like in the in the first costume quest, only one of the costumes had the, like, sprint right. ability. Yeah. So this one just gave it to So everything. this one was a dramatic improvement over that, but, like... There were several times when I had to look at, there the were several DLC, times when I had to look at a walkthrough on this and I don't know how you guys feel about looking at walkthroughs on on I try to avoid it. I try to avoid it too. I always feel guilty about it. I know that the first time I look at a walkthrough I'm putting myself in a position where it's going to be easy going to, to look at the walkthrough yeah, the second yeah. time. That, at that yeah. point you've already decided I don't trust this game anymore yeah. and that it's over. But then sometimes I'll look at the walkthrough and I'll think uh that was a failing in me. I should have figured this out. But like in these cases, every single time, it was like I never in a million years would have tried that. I can never. You, can you give me an example? Because I didn't look at a walkthrough at all. And it was always like figuring out what to do next. Hmm. There was one where it was like, "All right, you're back. You're back in the bayou. Go to the dentist's house." And I just didn't fucking remember where the dentist's house was. That was the one that's like. Super set apart from everything else, though. Sure, but 
I just forgot. Okay. I didn't know that's where his house was. But then you go there and nothing happens. You go there and you knock on the door. It's like, nope, he's not home. So you have to like switch into wizard mode. Right. And search for stuff, which I never ever in a million years would have. There were another few things but where they, they tell you that basically they're like, ah, oh, look, oh, if, if only you could sort of look around for some, you know, footprints or whatever. And, and like you had been trained to use the wizard mode to do that earlier. Hmm. I must have in missed the, that. I must the, have in I the dystopian have, sewer. Sure. Stuff. No, I remember the initial puzzle where you get the wizard costume and then it lets you do a thing with the wizard costume, but then suddenly having to switch back to that two hours later. Okay. Completely out of context. Same deal with one of the things where you had to like diplomacy with with Thomas. Oh, those were those were good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Mm. I agree. Basically, every time every time somebody said something, I was like, I wonder if I can diplomacy mm-hmm. them. Did you diploma? Did you ever diplomacy the shopkeeper? No. Gives you ten percent ten percent discount on all future oh, sales. Nice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's cool. So and all. like they took the the mechanic where you can go around hitting everybody with your bag in the first game. <laughs> And they added a bunch of things like that? Or is it just diplomacy? Well, you, you can hit people and you can diplomacy people. Most of the time when you try to diplomacy people, nothing happens. Oh, okay. But occasionally there's like little Easter eggy things like the shopkeeper guy. Um, I, always, I also felt like the hitting things with your bag. And I felt this way about the initial, about Costume Quest 1 also. Like, because I was playing it with a keyboard and mouse. Or really just a keyboard, I guess. It was so unsatisfying using that stupid SWAT attack thing. Like, it just didn't feel good. It What it felt like was Psychonauts. <laughs> and I I hated the, like, melee in Psychonauts. <laughs> like, it just was so... Like, what that... Whenever I see something like that, whenever I see a game with a melee attack that just is like... All right, we're just going to put this like force field in a shape out in front of you. That strikes me as a game where they couldn't make the melee feel good, and so they just did some weird fakey thing. And in this one, they didn't bother doing a weird fakey thing. They just left it not feeling good and decided to make it not important for anything. And so, it's, I don't know, like in Castlevania jumping and whipping a candle feels really good. In Super Mario Brothers, like hitting a block feels really good, and in Costume Quest like hitting a trash can because you're tra- I think it's because you're traversing this weird pseudo pseudo 3D space and like facing is important mm-hmm. like that drives me cr- yeah. bonkers cuz like yeah. I'm like okay I can I can it's okay uh, the options oh shit no uh, wait uh, okay okay I can now do it and like I, I, you'd be like with one yeah. one pixel of it and you'd be like toggling back and forth it was just that was aggravating I think they were testing the game with a controller yeah, it it feels like, and similarly, Psychonauts felt a lot better with the controller mm-hmm. as well. So, huh? Yeah, I thought the game was super charming. I really enjoyed yeah. the the plot all the way to the end. Um, liked a lot of things about it. It, it has the sequel must involve time travel trope. <laughs> okay, that's good. Which is good. I feel like I've learned some things about things that I don't want to inflict on people in a turn-based RPG. Yeah. Which is load times, cutscenes. Yeah, cutscenes. Mm. Re- repetition. Mm-hmm. The rep- the the repetition and the fact that you weren't. I don't ever feel like the systems afforded me any meaningful choices. It's it's weird to hear you say that you were trying to optimize the fights and then you didn't 
ever bother to look at the strengths and weaknesses of the characters and the opponents. Because you never knew what you were going to fight next. Preparation was meaningless because you didn't know what you were facing. Well, but so you have a, you have one character who's strong against each of the three things. So then it's like so you always ca- you always have something that's strong against something you're fighting, right? Like and it but, was almost but, always a mix of two. But it's a die roll what thing you're going to fight. If every fight was three monsters and each of them was one of the three elements, every, then sure. Almost but, every fight was against two or more opponents, which were of different types. So you you could basically guarantee that you would always have at, le- at least one strong attack, usually two. But it's like a and ten, then one it, normal. It's like a ten percent or a five percent bonus. But the, which then gets doubled with the, to dam- the 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 strength attack, and then you get the second attack, which adds yet more damage. It, you get this. No, it's like a five percent bonus. Like adding five percent to two numbers is adding five percent to the overall numbers, and so. Unless the difference between the high damage Thomas Jefferson hero and the low damage fucking clown you just, no, you, was you, less than five percent, you used all attacking characters that had different had different strengths. That's what I'm saying. Especially by the end, you had so many different characters to choose from. The eyeball. I never the, got the eyeball. That might have been another one from the. Hmm. Yeah, because there's a bunch of costumes in the like weird menu thing that freaks you out and makes you think that your progress didn't get saved yeah. when you go to start the game the second time and you're in that weird portal is that, thing again. Is that mm. part of the is that from the DLC from the first one or something? Is that maybe? Is that yeah, it certainly acted like anywhere? we were supposed to know what the fuck was going on yeah. there and we did Oh oh yeah you yeah sorry at the very end of the at the very end of the DLC from the first game you like are trying you're gonna you're gonna go back home so you walk through the portal and you fall into this weird portal dimension hmm. which yeah they totally don't explain that's a good point mm. yeah so it's just like a shitty menu yeah it's weird <laughs> that's sort of how that <laughs> thing works i mean it's fine i like a diegetic menu sure you know it's a weird diegesis though well and when you're making up a world anything yeah. can be diegetic <sighs> i don't mean to be as down on this as i think i am I don't mean to be as down on this as I think I sound. That's what I mean. Did you feel like the quick time nature of the battles was fundamentally different from Costume Quest 1? I don't remember enough about Costume Quest 1 to really answer that. Costume Quest 1 would be, would each, each costume had a, like, a particular kind of thing. It was like, press random button Mm, now, mm -hmm. or press random button repeatedly, or hit the button or like there was some that was just you knew which button you were gonna have to press and you had to do it sure a bunch i mean that feels like they got feedback that said that was too complicated and so they simplified it for this Hmm. that's funny i remember it being the same i don't actually remember what you're talking about i remember it like playing identically to what i played in the first hour of this game interesting i think some of them in the original one were like mash this button to do extra damage yeah, and some of them some were, of them like, were like do this ddr sequence yeah, and some of them some were like push push the this. button when the slider is in the middle and yeah yeah okay, and so this yeah. one was was extremely uniform in the way that it it worked yeah. and the only difference was sort of the timing for each outfit was slight it was slightly different okay yeah and each each 
depending on the position the position of that character in your party depend de- determined which button you were pushing right yeah the counterattacking i just didn't even bother with it just seemed like a it was really strong if you could get it to work yeah but it was just a die roll well to... except that you could if you were doing it carefully you could start charging it on a character i would just always oh and then charge. still block you yeah still you just block. still block charge it on a character yeah like and then you could you could s- still block on another character even if it because they usually telegraphed who they were attacking and stuff yeah i know there was one fight where he would actually call his shots the one where the one with the guy with the tooth armor that 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 was the like all right the this fight is different the camera is in a different place on this fight i was like why didn't you mess with this formula at any point before this like if your engine is capable of doing stuff like this, if you can have, like, like, writing is pretty cheap, right? So, like, if you can have, like, taunts from the enemies that you're fighting, that is a way that you could have differentiated these first seven fights against identical sets of enemies, is just have them say different things while you're fighting them. Like... But then fights would have taken even longer, right? Because didn't you kind of resent the, like... The candy corn thing? Yeah, the 15 seconds that it lingered on the candy corn or whatever. You could do it without adding extra time, right? Like, you could just have them say a thing as they're attacking. You could voice... You could just voice the whole thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you could. Yeah, that's probably... That was probably in the budget. I was pretty impressed by the number of things they had for the candy corn slogans, actually. I remember... If if I hadn't known what that was supposed to be, I would just be confused by that. Because what I had heard when they were describing that feature was that it would all be variations on Candy Corn is not attacking right now. Um, But the fact that they had to write like 10,000 of them or whatever it was... (laughs) It meant that they just got so abstract that they were yeah, just like talking it about. N- no longer really communicated what was going on. Yeah. It was just like one of the achievements, the one of the Steam achievements, is to beat the game always having candy, candy corn, corn in, in every party. fight. Yeah, which screw that. <laughs> I mean, that seems like it might actually be an interesting challenge. The fact that it is possible to beat the game with a just straight up one half to one third reduction in your overall efficacy speaks to my complaints about it being impossible to fail. (laughs) But maybe not. Maybe you have to be really fucking clever to get that achievement. Yeah. And that'd be cool. Like, I mean that, you know, I'm not going to play it again. Well, that's a really common thing in games these days where, they're tuned such that they tend to be easy to finish or so that everybody can finish them. Yeah. It's actually really common that, you know, we've come up with this great system that you just don't really have to learn to beat the game. Yeah. Um, but maybe you have to learn it for the second quest. Yeah. Or maybe or for this it. sweet Chivo. Right. Yeah. Or like this, uh, this hardcore playthrough like that, for example. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can never drink at the fountain. You have to beat the game without drinking at a fountain. Mm. I think that's probably not impossible. Not possible. Yeah. Well, it depends on what happens when you die. That's true. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not. You know, I don't regret playing it. I am really, really surprised that you finished it, Kevin. It's definitely not my style. It's not. But I committed to it, and because we... We had, like, three weeks. Yeah, we yeah, didn't. it would have been... <laughs> it would have been a super you shame You would have gotten a relentless ribbing. 
Rift didn't finish it. Eh. The uh, the last <laughs> outfit is pretty remarkably hidden. Yeah, really? how do you get it? So, did you get the weird candy seed thing? Yes. So you can plant that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did that. I looked that up. Because it was like, if you plant it, you get infinite candy. Like, okay, but you get infinite candy one or two candy at a time. Right. So, uh, then you can go... Fuck, what do you get? You have, There's like something that you go get. That's, oh, yeah, you get the fertilizer from the gardener mm. in the future. You take it back to the, the small plant, fertilize that, then go back to the future... And it has the the tree has grown so large that it is its own level, hmm. basically. And you wander into it, and up at the top is the costume. Hmm. Huh. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. I saw of, that gardener, but I never went over to him and talked to him. Yeah. I knew he must have been involved in something, but at that point, I didn't care. You have to di- you diplomacy him to get the. <sighs> of course, you do. Try everything on it, like. It just becomes it, like rub it, verb it, no, on but noun. Like it, it is telegraphed in every case except for the shopkeeper. It was telegraphed. Like, uh, nothing you can say is going to make me do uh, this. Man. And you're like, well, of course that means I need a diplomacy. <laughs> I guess I didn't. I don't know. I Maybe because I tended to think of the text as just window dressing hmm. because of the amount of window dressing that had been hammered into my eyeballs from the candy corn. Fine. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my problems with this game are actually me being impatient, right? I recognize that. But I don't like... I felt the same way about Hack and Slash to some extent, right? You've got this cool puzzle game Mm -hmm. about interacting with variables attached to objects, and then you have decided that the way that you're going to present that is in the context of a shitty adventure game. (laughs) And with this, it's like you have this extremely dull turn-based RPG that is tuned so easy that none of the systems actually get to come into play. And then you've embedded it in a shitty adventure game. I could not be less excited about Grim Fandango. (laughs) (laughs) I can't speak to the shittiness of the um, of this adventure game, but I really enjoyed Costume Quest. Um, the first one? one? Yeah. Yeah. And Did you play all the way through it? Yeah, I did. And my reaction to that was almost entirely due to not even the story, but the atmosphere, mm-hmm. where um, Double Fine is really good at... And this is something they did with, like... Stacking, with, too, right? Like I, I didn't play that one, okay. but I played... Um, Brutal Legend, Psychonauts, uh, and worked for me for Grim Fandango as well. Um, so I guess it's Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer is apparently really good at evoking nostalgia for me in things that I was never nostalgic yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. So right, like, like the Day of the Dead. Yeah. Like I never cared about Day of the Dead until I played Grim Fandango and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, I never really, I mean, I listened to a little bit of it, but I never really cared about heavy yeah. metal until Brutal Same Legend. Here. Yeah. You know, um, I was never nostalgic for Halloween, but Costume Quest made me nostalgic for Halloween, and Psychonauts made me nostalgic for the summer camp I never went to, which yep. was probably a horrible place <laughs> that would have been a nightmare at the time. If it had been a psychic summer camp, it would have been rad. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it probably would have just been like, you have to take your shirt off in front of people camp. 
Probably. Like, like ugh. But you're psychic. <laughs> okay. So you already right. know what they all look like with their shirts off. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what they're going to say to you after you take your shirt <laughs> off. You have to do it anyway. Oh, man, you have to get up and do a speech at the end of camp. Just imagine them in their underwear. But then because it's psychic summer camp, that makes it so they're all in their underwear. <laughs> and then you get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Hmm, wait, for what? <laughs> Ch- child pornography. What's the actual? Cr- but they're in their underwear. What's the? Ugh, God, assault. Nanny. I- Did, is this camp nanny state? Child pornography does not need the kids don't have to be naked, right? Like f- fully clothed children in lascivious poses. Are That's they pornography, right? Speech in lascivious pose is that? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's the audience that's that's. Yeah, that's, that's what. Why, yeah. why would the audience for a for an end of camp speech? I don't even know what the fuck you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, oh, you know, you're valedictorian you of, of, of summer of camp. camp. <laughs> like, after taking your shirt off. <laughs> now that's for swimming. I, I don't know how. Team. I don't know how summer camps work, man. This was your idea. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I. Uh, did you ever go to camp, Kevin? Uh, you seem like the person who would have gone to camp. I did not go to any camps. I went to like uh, a nerd, a couple of nerd summer programs, but they were oh, not yeah. camps. They were called camps. No, they were just, they were like oh. nerd programs. One was like how to be an engineer and it was like three weeks of engineer, random engineering classes. And mm-hmm. then other ones were just, were just basically more school in the summer. Like I took <sighs> chemistry and Latin yeah, and sweet. stuff. The maid, I did some of that. The maid ran a game development summer camp that was more like, like a two week class. They called it a camp, but it was like, yeah, your kid will come here for five days a week and learn to make games. And that's cool, but it's not a camp. That's kind of a camp. It's kind of a camp. It felt felt disingenuous to me. I mean, did you, were you sleeping over there? I don't know who's being disingenuous to. Were you sleeping over there or did you go in the morning? You'd you'd sleep at home. Oh, that's not a camp. Yeah, that's not a camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta be sleeping away. You gotta be in a cabin and there has to be one teenager... I guess they could have like yeah. and angry when you wake up. Yeah, I guess they could have had like set up cots in that office space they have <laughs> or something. They could have moved the whole operation to some log cabins. Yeah, sure, with yeah. no power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna develop games in a the old fashioned way. Circle right. of dirt. <laughs> Chess variations program camp. I All was right. interested to note that um, Indicade was apparently powered by a generator. Like that, that big field of tents. I didn't even think about this, but parking lots generally don't get power. Yeah. And so they just had this enormous, presumably like gas powered generator out back. That was it wasn't just a single orange extension cord plugged into the Trader <laughs> Joe's and running across a few streets. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right next to the, uh, right next to the porta potties. Like a trailer sized generator. Yeah. Yeah. Like a- yeah. So it was like that. It was like the, Orange extension cord to the Trader Joe's, except it was to the generator instead. Mm-hmm. And it was a bunch of big, thick black cables under that corrugated plastic ramp that's conduit called. stuff. Yeah. Right. yeah, what is that stuff called? I don't know. Conduit we just, cover? We just conduit. used tape. <laughs> Anytime we needed some of that stuff, we didn't know what it was called, so we just got some duct tape instead, because we knew what that was called. <laughs> gaff tape? There was gaff tape. Gaffer tape. Gaffer? Yeah. Gaffer tape, Gaffer. best boy tape, yep. grip tape. Give me the gift of a grip 
tape tape griff tape sock griff <clears throat> yep <clears throat> see that's why that's why off. there's that exercise is so that you so you remember what to buy <laughs> so riff yes yeah what's our next assignment buddy uh, what is our next, next assignment uh this this evening or today depending on when you're listening to this the 6th on november 6th is the release of simogo's new game um I think the sailor's dream, something like yep. that. Okay, so, the dream of the fisherman's wife. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's what the we're octopus doing. Octopus and the shell diver. It's, it's apparently Rift. not very game like. I guess Kevin, you said that you had heard that they've they've ditched the puzzliness from. That was my understanding, but I don't know. It's supposed okay. to be different than their other stuff. Okay, John Steinbeck's The Pearl. The so first person should be interesting anyway, because the we did their their other games, uh, Device Six and Gear uh, Walk. So this is their new one. But not uh, Beat Sneak Bandit. Yeah, we didn't do Beat yeah, Sneak Bandit. Yeah, we never Bandit. did. I still haven't played that. Well, guys, this is running pretty long. I had every intention of doing listener's mail. Yeah? <laughs> but I'm not going to. I, I'm oh. shocked that you thought we would be able, to be able to do that and talk about IndieCade. Yeah. There's a, we did a lot of stuff in IndieCade. I was only going to talk about IndieCade. I wasn't going to talk about The Binding of Isaac. But then these guys yeah, made no, me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, no, uh, it's not. It's fine. We'll just have nothing to talk about no, next week. Uh, we'll have plenty yeah, to talk okay. about I'll next take week. The, I'll take the heat for this one. I, I'm the one. I'm the reason there is no reader mail today. <laughs> okay. Next week, we can talk about the stuff that I played. Okay. And reader mail. Yep. You know what worked is that one time we did reader mail first. That's true. Hmm. We should sure. start doing that. Anyway, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us some listener's mail, yes. how would they do it? Well, they could tweet us at VGHotDog. They could email us, VGHotDog at gmail.com. They can go to our website, uh, which has a form for submitting questions or comments. And that website is videogameshotdog.com. You could put some questions. Uh, you could skywrite questions uh, either mm-hmm. over um, the sky. San Francisco of or Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. But you'd have to draw our attention to it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, skywriting would be like. Fart Guy 69 asks <laughs> Surrender Dorothy? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a question mark. Yeah. It could just be where the plane lost control. <laughs> um. Okay, guys, uh, I've had a I've had a phenomenal time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Talk mm-hmm. with y'all. Yeah, and, it's been uh, lovely. I hope we do it again real soon. Yep. Thanks for joining us, Jim. Yes, sure. It's yeah, always a pleasure. Yep. Come back literally any time that we're recording. Yes, <laughs> or or not. Uh, okay, qualifiers come, are important. You come back. I mean, other times too. Can, like, yeah, sure. fine. Yeah. There's sure, a yeah. there's a folding table in there with a chair. You could you could come by. Yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to find some office space. Yeah, there you come, go. Come, yeah, let's come, have this discussion on the air. Let us help you work <laughs> on uh, work on uh, infamous third son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty twelve. And we'll see you on the next episode of Video Games Hot Dog listeners. And until then, keep your head in the toilet. Keep reaching for the fridge. I okay, hadn't missed everybody. that over the last month. <laughs> I've heard it twice, so I'm enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Every library is haunted with the ghost of Orson Scott Card. (laughs) (laughs) Catalog.